2018 high school football season got off to a great start for the Princeton Vikings. A 3-1 record through four games sparked some optimism that Princeton would end a lengthy playoff drought, but alas, those three wins were forfeited away and Princeton wound up going 3-7. There's much optimism for the 2019 season as well with numerous returnees, including Ohio State commit Darian Henry, UC commit Raheem Thomas, and the transfer from St. Xavier of another Ohio State commit, big offensive lineman Paris Johnson. Tonight, the Princeton Vikings open the 2019 season at one of those teams that had a forfeit of victory two a year ago, the Billford Eagles. Good evening, everybody. I'm Richard Skinner. Kyle Howard will be along here shortly. Right now, we are delaying the kickoff about 10 minutes because of a thunderstorm that came through about an hour or so ago. That storm is now away. The skies are a little bit overcast. It's certainly cooled the temperature down from a hot, humid afternoon to a fairly comfortable evening ahead of us. And hopefully the rain will stay away. We'll look a little bit more in depth at this game, Milford and Princeton in just a bit, but right now, let's turn it over to Rob Ebel, who's with Princeton's Tom Burton. Welcome to the studios of ESP Media. I'm Rob Ebel with first and 10 with the Super, Tom Burton. Every Friday, we'll huddle up with Tom on the latest with Princeton schools. Tom, how are we doing this week? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. As, as our coach Mike Daniels always says, it's a great day to be a Viking, and, and uh, clearly it's had a tremendous week. I'm sitting here doing this show with my uh, Viking T-shirt on that Coach Daniels gave me yesterday that says The Hunt and uh, doing a walkthrough with Athletic Director uh, Joe Roberts and Matt Weber yesterday, Tom, and it, uh, everything looks ready to go. And I know it's a week away before they host uh, Withrow, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the school, school season's underway and uh, let's talk about the importance to a successful uh, school district with uh, extracurriculars and student athletes and how, how important that is to have a, a well-rounded uh, student at Princeton High School. Well, thank you. You know, all my superintendent's colleagues certainly share the same sentiment that extracurricular, co-curricular activities, regardless of whatever they may be, are critical. I know, obviously, we're on a football show and we're talking about that, but if I may, regardless of whatever activity a student is in, I feel that's critical to develop the whole child. And that's something that Superintendent Paula G. Maria talked about a lot when he came to visit Princeton last Friday. He spent the entire day with Deputy Superintendent John Richards. And we had a great visit. That was one of the things we talked so much about and something that's really inbred in who we are at Princeton. But I would also say my colleagues um, all over the really the country. I mean, that's really what we believe. You want kids to be involved in co-curricular activities. Fantastic. You know, one of the things that I love about what you're doing at Princeton is your enthusiasm. And if I may, you, you remind me a lot of Santa Ono, who was the president at the University of Cincinnati when my son was there. And I just love how you're out in the community promoting the cities, uh, Princeton City Schools, and it just infectious uh, I saw you catching punts on the field the other day, and it, it, it's just got to be so exciting for the kids and the administration with your enthusiasm driving the bus for Princeton City Schools. Well, we have an unbelievable staff member, and uh, you know it's really inspiring for me to work next to our administrators, our teachers, support staff. And, you know, it's easy to get fired up when you deal with the kids that we do because they are unbelievable. Just today, actually, we kicked off our very first ever edition of, excuse me, not <laughs> our very first edition of Viking Voices, the people of Princeton on ITRC. Yes. And, you know, we're talking with kids, and it's just, it's amazing. It's so inspiring that they're actually taking that opportunity to feel empowered by being involved in all these different opportunities. 
discover, provide opportunities for kids to obviously learn, and then ultimately to develop that ethic, the work ethic, the academic ethic, to really understand who they are, where they are, and ultimately where they're going. You know, that's that's so true. You know, for the four or five years that we've uh, run the website uh, for Vike Nation, you know, we do five, six interviews of student-athletes every season. And talking about that engagement and empowerment, uh, the excitement that we're on campus, and we turn that camera on and have the microphone there, the, the student-athletes are just so excited to tell us their story. And it's just it's so heartwarming and fulfilling when I walk back into the editing room and put those, put those interviews together that the, uh, the Princeton student-athletes are just uh, really special. Well, and, and you know what? We, we feel that, too. And one of the nice things, I think, you know, each school has their own unique set of pathways for kids to explore. And, you know, during the show today, we were talking to actually one of the football players, great young man, Vincent Mullen Jr. Okay. And, you know, Vincent, he's taken rigorous courses, and he was also third in the Rotary four-way speech competition last year. So it's not, you know, while we want kids to be athletes and play in the band and chess club and the list goes robotics and the list goes on now, we want all of that. But there has to be this symbiotic relationship between what it is they're doing in the classroom. They need to take care of that business and then providing and providing opportunities for our students. Then we want them to take advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. And that is really critical for the well-rounded development. It's outstanding. I know one of the things I'd love to wrap up talking about uh, is your football players at Princeton High School and the, and the uh, student-athletes that are participating in your AP programs. I know that was one of the areas that you wanted to highlight in today's show. We have, <laughs> the nice thing is that having multiple pathways or great support from the community, having multiple academic pathways for students to find their own individual journey is really important. And so we do have student-athletes that are taking high international baccalaureate classes, college credit plus classes, advanced placement classes, honors classes. And uh, those are the most rigorous classes we have. And uh, the student-athletes are not, they don't shy away from it. I love the fact that when I go in those classes, I see athletes, I see artists, I see musicians, I see kids that are intimately involved in what we have to offer. Now, before I forget, Rob, if you don't mind, I have to do full disclosure on this fair test. Yes, sir. If you look at that video, you see me backpedaling. Semi-athletically, yes. for about four and a half, five yards. Jetting, if you will, to my left. I, I, I saw the Not quicks. crossing over. Yes. Not crossing over. As most coaches are saying, you can't cross over. No, you can't. And I actually made the catch. However, I did have some practice beforehand. Well, the technique was outstanding, and i got to give you a 10. Oh, thank you very much. The first couple uh, added together were not going to be a 10, but... Anyway, certainly appreciate being a part of that and having a little bit of fun with uh, some other superintendent colleagues and uh, love the fact that, you know, so many superintendents are getting out there and and, uh, having fun with this and getting to know the kids at, at, uh, you know, tremendous level. It's outstanding. Well, I I think we'll wrap our first show with that, Tom. Uh, Coming up next, uh, it will be uh, head coach Mike Daniels talking with ESP Media prior to the Milford Eagles and Princeton Vikings week one at Milford. Tom, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we'll, we'll do this every week. 
uh, for the regular season. Uh, we'll call this first and ten with a super, and I greatly appreciate your time, and best of luck to the Vikings uh, at kickoff. Thanks, Rob, and as always, go Vikings. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard will be along here shortly. Our thanks to Tom Burton, the superintendent of Princeton Schools, and Rob Ebel. Let's take a little closer look at this matchup. Milford and Princeton a year ago. Princeton a 34-16 winner on the field. They racked up 569 yards that night, including 445 on the ground. But, of course, that was one of the three wins to start the season that Princeton had to forfeit away. And it helped Milford finish with a... Uh, Eight and two, eight and three, eight and two record. Excuse me, the regular season and another playoff berth, back-to-back -back playoff berth for Tom Grippa's Eagles. They finished nine and three, beating Fairfield in the first round and losing to Colerain in round number two. Milford returns an outstanding quarterback in Hunter Johnson. Last season threw for 2,618 yards and 26 touchdowns, but he's got all new receivers basically to throw to. Milford graduated 148 of the 150 receptions from a year ago, so a new receiving core. They're also without Cameron Kells, fine running back who graduated at 1,471 yards rushing and 26 touchdowns. It also was a factor in the receiving game on top of that, so Milford has a lot to make up. For Princeton, they've got to make up for the graduation loss of quarterback Jose Hairston, who threw for 800 yards, ran for another 500. Also lost leading rusher from a year ago, Thomas Boyd, who had 700 yards and 12 touchdowns. And leading receiver and top defensive back, Jermaine Wimpy, also graduated. He had 27 catches for 504 yards and seven touchdowns last season. So Princeton also with some ground to make up personnel-wise on the offensive side of the football. And they'll be led this year by quarterback transfer MJ Horton, who played a season ago at LaSalle. Completed just 48% of his passes, but did run for a little bit over 300 yards. And you got to think with this offensive line that they will indeed rush the football a lot more, especially with Paris Johnson, the transfer. So we'll take a timeout when we come back. We're about two minutes away from kickoff. It's Milford and Princeton from Milford. You're listening to Milford Princeton Football from ESP Media. Abco Pavement Services LLC has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, CB Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services.
Back here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner. Kyle Howard now joins me. Unfortunately, we had to scrap the pregame interview with Coach Daniels. He's apparently a hard man to get a hold of in that pregame. He kept ducking and dodging you, and uh, by the time it got to, to be time to do the interview, he was a little bit too late in the game. So, unfortunately, we will not hear in the pregame from uh, Princeton head coach Mike Daniels uh, as well. But Kyle joins me now. And Kyle, you mentioned in the pregame a year ago, got off to such a great start, Princeton, the 3-1 and one record, but then they had to forfeit those three victories. But they got a good core back, and I think there's a lot of optimism around this program this season. Absolutely. A lot of guys transfer in here to help out. And uh, as we're actually getting into, as before the, uh, the interview got stopped, he was talking about uh, a lot of the guys that transferred in this year were friends of teammates on, of, uh, here on this Princeton team this year. So uh, it wasn't like they were just transferring for the sake of playing. They have friends on this team, too. So they've already worked well with the other growing up, and now they get a chance to play with each other again. So uh, it would be fun to have that, obviously. Um, you go back to that 3-1 and one start last year that obviously was washed away with the forfeitures last year. Uh, it was a 34-16 win over Milford last year, so it was a tough Milford team that beat the, made the playoffs and won a playoff game last year. And uh, they, they came in tough environment and won the game, so uh, you got to give them credit to that last year, even though it didn't really count from the standings last year. Interesting because uh, Princeton offensively this season will have a new quarterback, a new running back, new couple of wide receivers, but they have an addition on that offensive line, and they have some key returnees on that offensive line, and it is huge up front. Javon Neal is the smallest of the starters at 5'10", 230 pounds, the center. At a right guard, Quincy Hughes goes 6'4", 271. At right tackle, Vincent Munlin Jr. goes 6'6", 235. And the left side, there is some beef. Brandon Williams, the left guard, 6'4", 265. And the transfer from St. Xavier, Paris Johnson, heading to Ohio State at 6'8", 290 pounds. You mentioned, Kyle, last year's win over Milford. They ran for almost 500 yards in that game. I got a feeling they're going to use that big offensive line tonight to their advantage. Yeah, obviously, adding Paris Johnson is going to help even more in the ground game. So, uh, be looking forward to seeing that tonight, and uh, it's going to be a treat. Well, the Princeton Vikings have come on the field. You can maybe hear some of the boos from the crowd that's in front of us. The Milford section, Princeton in all-white uniform, tops and bottoms, with red numerals, red lettering on the front, the red Viking helmet with the white Viking insignia on the side. And now Milford gathering to the end zone off to our left, just about to make their entrance as we get set to open the 2019 high school football season. Princeton looking for its first playoff appearance since 2007, and this Milford team looking for three straight playoff appearances. They've made just one in school history prior to Tom Grippa coming here, and they've gone the last two years in 2017 and 2018. So Milford about to make its arrival on the field. They will be in all red uniform tops and bottoms, almost the exact opposite of Princeton with white numerals, white lettering, a white helmet with a big block M in red on the side of it. We are about set, waiting for the entrance for the Milford Eagles. Coming out into a smoke show. And back-to-back postseason appearances for this Milford team, and they've got a lot to make up as well. And after graduating a leading rusher, all the receptions but two, and they do return an outstanding quarterback in Hunter Johnson, who last season threw for 2,618 yards and 26 touchdowns. Yeah, 232 yards in the game last year against Princeton as well. Had a pretty solid game despite the loss in that game. Well, ended up being a win overall in the standings, but uh, and a, would have been a losing effort in that game, but played pretty well in that game as well. Did have three interceptions, which kind of led to the drawback in that game as well, though. Well, Princeton won the toss, chose to defer, so the Vikings will be on defense first to start this football game. Very nice crowd is filled in despite that earlier rain today. In fact, a lot of fans didn't even start showing up until about 30 minutes ago, but they've shown up in droves. Milford fans in front of us with Princeton all the way on the other side of the field and a pretty good turnout for the Vikings and their fans. 
to make this trek out to Milford. Got clear skies for the most part now after steady downpour for not too long ago either, about maybe an hour and a half ago, it was coming down pretty hard here. Yeah, like almost all fields in, in this area and really across the country, this is a turf playing surface. You were just on it a moment ago. I was on it just after the rain and really it, it, it felt fine. It felt perfectly fine there. Didn't really notice it in warm-ups tonight either. They seemed to be running just fine. Well, we had a thunderstorm that rolled through about an hour and 15 minutes or so ago, but right now the flag, the American flag off to our left is completely still, so no wind, no rain, at least for the time being. And as we get set to kick this game off, darn near perfect conditions for a high school football game after it was a little dicey about an hour and change ago. Still some haze hanging out from that smoke. Yeah, that, and that shows you not much wind to blow that smoke away not at the at moment. All. Again, we're a little late in starting because of that storm. This was, of course, a 7 o'clock scheduled kickoff time. We're going to get it underway here as Milford now gets its receiving team out there. We'll get it underway at about probably 13 minutes after, so about a 13-minute delay. No harm there, and we're about set for high school football. Not sure what the delay is now. Princeton, the clock set at 12 minutes. One of the officials has his hand on the football. Milford's out there with its receiving team, and now here comes Princeton's kickoff coverage unit out there as well. Our referee for tonight is Ken Harbison, as assigned by the Southwest District of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. It'll be Hayden Cobbs, who's a wide receiver by trade to kick off. Back deep for Milford in twin safeties. It'll be Max Ward to the near side, and the far side, Jackson Stickle. Milford student section wired for this one, as you can probably hear in the background. Princeton going left to right as you look at your computer tablet, phone, computer, whatever you're listening to us on tonight here on ESP Media. Set to move on the football will be Hayden Cobbs to get the 2019 season underway. He's got the signal from the official. Just waiting to move on the football, and now here he comes. Sidewinding kicker, pops one up. It's going to be a little bit short to the far side. Catching it at the 12 is Stipple. Running near side across the 10 to the 15-20. Breaks a tackle, then he is wrapped up and gang tackled up at about the 22-yard line. The Milford offense will go like this. Up front at center, it'll be Lucas Forrest. The guards, Mark Gibson at right guard. Brandon Edwards at left guard. Connor Brown, the left tackle. The right tackle, John Mickler. The quarterback, the returnee, Hunter Johnson. Caleb Johns expected to open up as the starting running back. And we'll see numerous different wide receivers that we'll set as we go. We'll set the Princeton defense here momentarily as well. There's a couple of big guys on that defensive unit. The linebacker, Jaheim Thomas, going to UC. And the big fella, Darian Henry, the 6'5", 260-pound defensive tackle who's going and actually lining up an end who's going to the University of or the, to Ohio State University, excuse me. So out of the shotgun will be Milford, and they'll be that way for the majority of the night. Two receivers come to the near side. Peyton Bauer along with Dallas Adams. One receiver far side. Johns lines up to the left of the quarterback, and right away Princeton looks like it moved up front in the form of Joshua Younger. That's an area they really struggled last year. Penalties really hurt them bad. Especially pre-snap penalties. That, they had a lot of those. Actually, that's going to be a false start, so excuse me. So back Milford up five yards. So first and 15 for them, and we still have not snapped the football to start this season. Same set. Two receivers near side. They've got Bauer in the slot. Johns to the left of Johnson, the quarterback. Takes the snap, hands it off to Johns. Breaks the tackle in the backfield across the 20. Far side 25, then he spun down at about the 24-yard line. Up to make the tackle, Kevin Suttles, the safety man. Leading the 
Keep a gain of five, so he got the penalty yardage back. It'll be second and 10, Milford not huddling. Going right to the line of scrimmage, same alignment, except this time they put the running back, Johns, to the right of the quarterback, Hunter Johnson. Johnson claps his hands, takes the snap, drops to throw, fires a quick pass far side, in and out of the hands of the intended receiver on that far side, Vince Ringland. So it'll be third down and 10, and Darian Henry was coming off that edge in a hurry to the backside of Hunter Johnson. It was a quick passing game, so third and 10 now. For Milford, it's own 24-yard line. Again, if you thought this game started at seven and you're expecting this to be a little bit into it, we've only played 45 seconds as we had just a slight delay. Same alignment. Slot to the left, single receiver to the right. That's the short side of the field. Johns lines up to the left of Johnson this time. Five-man front for Princeton. Johnson going to roll to the near side, looking to throw. Pressure comes, guns it over the middle, and nobody home as he tried to sling it for Chase Dusing the tight end across the middle, but it was behind him as Johnson had to throw that rolling left. A right-handed quarterback slung it sidearm, incomplete with pressure in his face, and Princeton's forced to three and out on the first series for Milford. It'll be... Hayden Oberschlake, who starts at the defensive line, who will be in to punt the ball away for Milford. Really not much separation there. Either Juan Jarrett stepped up there and was with them step for step. Twin safeties back for Princeton. Leroy Bowers to the near side and D'Angelo Foster to the far side. They stand on their own 40-yard line to await this punt. Snap is a low one. It's going to bounce to Oberschlake. Not much of a rush, and he gets the punt away. It's a very short punt that bounces at the 50 and is going to roll inside Princeton territory and is going to be down at the 46-yard line by Milford's Jack Muthig. Princeton will start first and 10 from its own 46 on its first offensive series of the game. Again, up front from Princeton, it'll be this. Javon Neal at center. The right guard, Quincy Hughes. The left guard will be Brandon Williams. Paris Johnson, the left tackle. Vincent Mullen will be the right tackle. MJ Horton will be the quarterback, and we'll set the rest up for you here in a second. As lining up wide to the right will be Rodney Harris Jr. And the running back in the game at the moment is James Price. Here's Horton. Turns, hands it to Price. Running left. He's going to be hit for a loss in the backfield. He's coming up from the secondary. Little Max Ward. Ward goes just 5'6", 135 pounds, but he did a great job to get in. And submarine, James Price, we'll call it no gain as he got back to the line of scrimmage at the 46-yard line. Trying to run left behind Big Paris Johnson. So second and 10, Vikings. Horton goes all the way to the sideline to talk with one of the assistants to get the play call and come back into the huddle. This time going wide left will be Caleb Crawford. Wide right, almost lining up off sides that time was Harris. There's a handoff running left and nothing doing again and again. It's Ward and he got some help coming up from the linebacker spot by Cameron Hemmert as they tried to run left twice to Paris Johnson's side. And just shooting linebackers and safety men through there on run blitzes. And they get a, get a loss of a yard back to the 45, both Ward and Hemmert again on the stop. So third and 11 for Princeton on its first offensive series. Crawford and Jamar Matthews go wide left. Two receivers come near side. Jaden Scarborough and Harris out of the shotgun. Horton takes the snap, drops to throw. Good protection. Now he wants to pull it down and run. Runs far side 45 and runs out of bounds up at the 48-yard line. Oh, just a short pickup of four yards. And Princeton on its first series will go three and out and have to punt the football away. Good stop there by Milford defense. They're not allowing much. Princeton hasn't sent a punter in yet. Not sure why they're waiting for the delay of it. Now here comes the punting unit onto the field. And dropping back deep will be Max Ward, who made a couple of fine plays up from a safety spot. He'll be joined in twin safeties by Peyton Bauer. 
It'll be Robert Rutherford to do the punting. He did some punting last year. He'll start this season as the main punter. Snap is a good one. And he kicks a knuckleball that's going to be fielded back on the 15 by Bauer. Running to the near side. He's got a wall set up over here across the 20, 25, 30. And he's going to be run down from behind up about the 35-yard line. Good return by Milford's Peyton Bauer there to bring him down from behind was Leroy Bowers. But a 22-yard return will give Milford better field position than what it was going to look like. I think they're going to be pinned inside maybe their own 15. Instead, the good return has them out to their own 37 for the second offensive series of the game for the Eagles. They played just two and a half minutes, no score. Each team's had the ball once. Able to build a lane in the interior edge here and take off. Good blocking. Vince Ringland along with Chase Dusing and Peyton Bauer go wide right. That's the open side of the field. And now a timeout for Tom Grippa and the Milford Eagles. We'll take a quick timeout with them. We've played just two and a half minutes. No score. Milford in Princeton. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. All right, back here at Milford is after the timeout. Milford has it first and 10 on its own, 37. Same set they came out with. Trips to the right, one receiver left. And now it's going to be an empty backfield as Johnson takes the snap, wants to throw it over the middle, throws it high. And boy, if the receiver hadn't tipped it away, as there to jump up and knock it away was the receiver Bryson Chambers. Kevin Suttles was sitting back there ready for an easy interception. So a good job actually by the receiver to knock it away. Could have been tad over right in the hands there of Suttles. Send double slots each way. Actually make it three receivers to the right, two to the left. That's the short side of the field. Johnson by himself in the shotgun with an empty backfield on second and 10. And got a lot of movement both ways. All four Princeton defensive linemen came across, but it looked like a couple of Milford offensive linemen came out of their stance. We'll see how they sort this out. Everybody pointing at everybody else. <laughs> I have to see the day where they don't point at the other team. Still have not had an official signal yet. Now they're going to talk to the referee with side judges. I, so many guys moved at the same time on both teams. I'm not sure how you sort this out completely. It will be offsides against Princeton. That's the way it looked at off the bat, but I, I thought they uh, were going to change their mind there for a second. But. So a free five yard for the Eagles. Turns a second and ten into a second and five up at the 42. Empty backfield, three receivers right, the open side, two to the left. Johnson by himself in the shotgun, looks at a four-man front, takes the snap, drops the throw, blitz comes off the edge, ball is tipped by Henry and almost intercepted. Darian Henry coming off the left edge, left side of it, tipped the ball, and there to die for it. Look like Jason Randall was the man who dove and almost came up with the interception. Good pressure on the backfield that time. So third and five for Milford. From its own 42. Three receivers left, one to the right. Ward now lines up to the left of Johnson in the shotgun. Looking at the five-man front. Johnson claps his hands, drops the throw. They rush forward, drop one throw over the middle, and it's a diving reception at the 45-yard line by Peyton Bauer. 
Boy, Johnson gunned that sidearm, and Bauer went diving to the turf to catch it at the Princeton 45, and that's more than enough for a first down, Milford. Darion Henry right in the face of Hunter Johnson as well. It's a nice throw. It's yeah, a tough throw. There's been consistent pressure on Hunter Johnson. He really didn't have passing lanes to throw through, and he gunned another one sidearm and a beauty that time. Trip set right, one receiver left. Johnson takes the shotgun snap, looks to the right side, throws a pass that's incomplete. And again, if the receiver, in this case, Vince Ringland, hadn't gotten a hand on it, I think a Princeton defender from behind, which was Leroy Bowers, would have intercepted it. As it is, it goes incomplete. Henry in the backfield again that time as well. More pressure on Hunter Johnson. On the nose for Princeton's Joshua Younger. And then Henry is going to stand up and now they got a four-man front as they walk Jaheim Thomas, the linebacker, making a five-man front. Three down linemen, two standing up, dropping a throw, coming quickly off the edge and throwing incomplete was Jaheim Thomas, came clean. And Hunter Johnson really could do nothing with it. He might have even gotten a piece of that ball, Kyle. Yeah, and a perfectly timed blitz there by Jaheim Thomas as well. He's, he was crossing the line as the ball was yeah, snapped. Yeah, that, that was very close to offsides for sure. So third and 10 now, Milford at the Princeton 45. They converted the last third down on third and five. This one a full third and 10. Two receivers right. They put a tight end at the line of scrimmage this time. One receiver left, and Ward goes to the left of Johnson, who's in the shotgun. Five-man front again. They rush four. Johnson drops, pretty well protected. Rolling right. Now it breaks down, and he just turns and flings it up to the middle of the field. That's trouble. It's intercepted back to the 25, and running it up to the 30-yard line, I believe, was Kevin Suttles. And it was. Johnson just trying to throw one up for grabs, and nobody was home. He had He's had constant pressure in his face. And Suttles had to wait for it, almost like a punt returner. And Princeton will get it now at their own 30 after the short return following the Kevin Suttles interception. Nearly a second of the night. He had a chance at one earlier in the drive as well, playing center field back there and making a nice play. Yeah, that was a wounded duck that Johnson threw up there. But again, he had a two guys right in his face when he started to scramble. So Princeton with first and 10 at so 30. They go three receivers left, one right. Running back in the backfield, Horton fakes the handoff. Running right, got plenty of running room across the 35. To the 40, 45, open field, 50. It's a foot race and he's gonna win it. 30, 25, 20, 10, five, touchdown Princeton. And there is a penalty flag at about the 40 yard line. And if somebody for Princeton blocked in the back, they didn't need to do it because he was long gone. And it was something that Princeton struggled all year last year here. They really want to get rid of uh, several touchdowns last year, wiped away by penalties all year. And it's going to be coming back here. They're going to mark it. Actually, they added it to 38 initially. Now they're going to mark it off from the 43-yard line of Milford. So it'll be a nice run for MJ Horton, but it was a 70-yard touchdown run that's going to get wiped out. Let's see where they mark it. They've not officially started to mark it back as it is marked from the spot of the infraction and it'll be marked back to the Princeton 45 yard line so they actually marked it from the 45 of Milford and again uh, there's no reason to throw that block I mean he is long gone he's, a, he's I, there's there's nobody going to catch him nobody did catch him he's about 10 yards ahead when he walked into the that's end just, zone that's so silly whoever got called for that penalty but as it is wipes out a touchdown and Princeton does get a first down though up at its own 45 Twins to each side. They operate off the hash mark to the right. Running back Price to the left of Horton. Now they send a man in motion. They hand it off that man in motion, running to the left-hand side. That's D'Angelo Foster. Gets the corner up to the 50, and he's banged out of bounds at about the 50-yard line. 
there to bang him out for Milford was 41, Lucas Bowling, the linebacker. Actually, they marked him all the way down to the 45. I thought they got him out at the 50, but it's very close to a first down, just inches short at the Milford 40. We'll call it the 46. It's about a hair off the 45 where they have to get for the first down. Off the hash mark to the left this time, they sent three receivers to the open side of the field, one to the left. And the running back, Price, to the left of Horton in the shotgun. Horton takes the handoff, hands it to Price, and he's going to be buried for a loss. Coming clean from the outside was Cameron Zoromsky, and then a ball got knocked loose. It's picked up by Princeton, and I think they're going to rule. Are they going to rule it down? No, Princeton got a recovery out of that and ends up getting a first down at the Milford 45. He was dead in the water. I thought his knee had touched down back at the 47-yard line, but the ball popped out. He's stopped for a two-yard loss easily. In that easily. One. And as it is, Princeton scoops it up. I believe D'Angelo Foster might have been the guy to scoop it up, and he ends up getting him a first down to the Milford 44. And a couple of times they've tried to run left. There's been nothing doing. They operate on that hash mark to the left. They have the two receivers at the open side very close to the line of scrimmage. Actually, on both sides of it. Price lines up to the right of Horton. Now they send a man in motion. They hand it off. It's Foster running right. Gets a good block. Cuts inside 45. 40 and spun down at the 38-yard line. There to knock him down for Milford was Daniel McCoy. The free safety who came up to make the stop, but not before D'Angelo Foster rumbled for a gain of six yards to the Milford 38. Clock running. We approach exactly eight minutes to go in this opening quarter. Second possession for Princeton. Milford's had it twice. Off the hash mark to the right this time. Two, make it three receivers go to the open side left. Coming out wide right by himself is Sterling Burkhalter, the short side of the field. Price, actually now in the backfield is Thomas Boyd. And Boyd will get the handoff. He runs straight ahead and the big back takes it down to the 35. Last year, Boyd, the leading rusher on this team, I said in the pregame he had graduated, he did not. Boyd was the big back, Trey Key was the small back and they really had kind of a thunder lightning thing going. Boyd would come in after the defenses have been softened up a bit. Boyd would pound him between the tackles. And he's just short of the first down. It's marked right at the 35. They got to get just inside of it. So it'll be third in inches. For Princeton at the Milford 35-yard line. Last year, Princeton offensively on third down was 35 of 108. That's 32.4% on third downs. Boyd lines up to the left of Horton in the shotgun, winging to the left as well. The handoff goes to Boyd, running straight ahead, big holes. He cuts it off to the right to the 30, and he's going to be knocked out of bounds. Boy, that's a mismatch physically, but a great job by Milford's Max Ward. Ward again is 5'6", 135. Thomas Boyd is 6'1", 230. And there is a flag down on the field as well at the 31-yard line, and see if this one comes back, and if it is, it's kind of a theme from last year. Just penalty after penalty after penalty. It's going to be a hold against Princeton, so that'll wipe out the nice run by Boyd on third and inches. The penalty is marked down at the 31, so it'll be marked back to the 41. It's not necessarily the penalties that's killing them. It's, it's the... When they come. The, exactly, the timing. It's been, it really hurt them last year, and it's hurt them so far tonight. So now it'll be third and about seven from the ball at the Milford 41. This could be four down territory, so you can think about trying to pick up a chunk here and get yourself to a manageable range to go for it. Two receivers go left, two go right. That's the short side of the field. Boyd stays in the game. He's to the left of Horton in the shotgun. Four-man Milford front. Now a man comes in motion. Horton fakes the handoff to him, and he's going to be decked for a loss. Again, coming through off that right side, Cameron Zoromsky. And he came clean. Off the left side of the Princeton offensive line, and he's come unblocked a couple of times. That loss 
to the 43 will probably force Princeton to punt the football away now. And it looks like they will. So the penalty takes away six points there at least. Well, it takes away six points, and then after you've gotten a first down or two, it took away a first down, so two big penalties. And Rutherford will check back into punt, stands at his own 42. Back in twin safeties for Milford is Max Ward, along with Peyton Bauer, who had a nice punt return the last time for about 20-some-odd yards. See if Rutherford can pin him down in there. It's a very, very high snap. Rutherford goes back and picks it up, but nobody rushed him. Now he's going to try to run with it. He probably could have punted it away. Picks up a couple blocks, 50, 45, spins away, down to the 41-yard line. He's going to be stopped well short of the first down. It was a floating snap back to Rutherford, who wasn't a great snap, but it went right through his hands, and then when he picked it up, I think if he just turned and punted it, he could have punted the football away. So a lot of mistakes by Princeton here in the early going. Penalties, and now a snap that goes through the hands of the punter. Rutherford gives Milford the football at its own 42-yard line, but so far the Princeton defense has held its own. Milford just one first down so far in this first quarter. We've got 5.34 to go, no score. Well, both defensive lines so far getting a good push. Shotgun set. John's back in there, running back to the left of Johnson in the shotgun. Off the hash mark to the right. Takes the snap. It's a bad snap. Johnson goes back, looking to fall on it, and somehow did. It looked like he was going to try to do too much with it. Jaheim Thomas almost came and took it away from him, but Johnson falls on it back at the 26-yard line. That snap went right between the quarterback, Johnson, and the running back who was back there, Johns. Both of them actually reached up to try to catch it. Neither one could, and then Johnson finally wisely just fell on the football back at the 26-yard line, but it's a huge loss of 16 yards. Out of the gun again, the hash mark to the right. Three receivers left, one to the right. Johnson to the left of Johnson, the shotgun. Claps his hands, takes the snap, drops the throw. Looking, wants to set the screen pass up, throws it too high. Princeton got good pressure, and actually the running back who they were trying to screen to, Caleb Johns, was well covered, so probably the best result for Milford there was the incomplete pass. We'll make it third and forever, third and 26. And one way to slow down the pass rush, which, which Princeton's gotten consistently in this first quarter is to start throwing some screens. And actually, Princeton did a pretty good job of defending it. Three receivers left the open side, one to the right, four-man front, Johnson out of the gun, claps his hands, claps him again, takes the snap, looks to throw, gonna throw a slant near side, caught at the 33, running to the 35, and going no further, and planted back at the 33-yard line by Juan Jarrett, was the man who caught the ball, Dallas Adams, for a very short gain up to the 34. It'll be fourth in about 18, and Milford gonna have to punt it away for the second time tonight. They've punted twice, and thrown an interception on a third and long. Twin safeties back deep, Leroy Bowers to the near side. To the far side is D'Angelo Foster as Hayden Oberschlake will punt it. The first snap back to him bounced, but he did a good job to pick it up and kick it away. The long snapper is the tight end, Chase Doozing. This is a much better snap right back to him, and he almost dropped the, they almost dropped the, the punt itself. He barely got a foot on it. It's gonna get a good result as it's gonna be down at the 45. He dropped that punt to kick it, and it went sideways, and he almost missed it. But he did get enough of it to get it away. And the ball down at the Princeton 45, and that's where the Vikings will start first and 10. So consecutive punting miscues now for both wow. teams here in a field position battle. Could be big in this one. One thing about a lot of high school football, there's not a lot of special about special teams play a lot of times. <laughs> and it, I think, you know, you see it at the highest level, and it's usually so good that you take it for granted. But, I mean, the long snap can be difficult. 
And if you're really not a full-time punter, which Oberslake's not, he's a defensive lineman, that drop can get tricky, and he, all, he literally almost whiffed. First and 10, Princeton from its own 45. Here's Joel Horton, fakes the handoff, darts right, breaks a tackle at the line of scrimmage. He's buried up at the 47. He'll get a couple of yards. Did a good job to break the initial tackle, but then there to plan him and plan him hard. But it's Caleb Johns who's in there on defense as well. And Lucas Bowling as well on the stop. So a gain of two. As Princeton within its own 47-yard line. They operate on the hash mark to the left. They'll send one receiver that way. They'll send three receivers to the open side of the field. Boyd stays in the game at running back. To the left of Horton is out of the shotgun, looking at a four-man front. Horton takes the snap. Stands in place, fires it out to the near side. Penalty flag goes. Caught at the 45 by Burke Holder to the 50. 45 at the sideline, 40, 35, 30. Gets a block, 20, and then ran out of bounds. Scarborough threw a block down the sideline, but there is a penalty marker right where the ball was thrown as well. As I thought there was. Maybe not. Yeah, there is one about the 47 yard line. Yeah, there's line one back on here. The offensive side. Boy, what a block downfield by Scarborough. He turned and planted poor Jacob Cook, who never saw it coming. I wonder if this will be offensive interference or maybe a legal formation because of the way the, the wide receivers were lined up. Again, it'll wipe out another big play for yep, Princeton. Yep, sure tonight. will. Because it's coming back. That game was all the way down to the 20-yard line. Yeah, it's going to be a legal formation against Princeton. They lined up those three receivers to the open side of the field, and apparently... They didn't line them up the way you need to line them up, and so Princeton gets stuck for an illegal formation. That's pretty inexcusable, too. So that wipes out a game down to the 20, and it marks it back to the 42 of Princeton. So while in theory that's only a five-yard penalty, it really becomes about a 38-yard penalty. That's what, five on the night for Princeton in this first quarter. From the middle of the field, so the ball right in the middle of it. Two receivers each way. Boyd to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Takes the snap. Stands in place. Fires a pass. The receiver didn't turn around as he intended it for Jamar Matthews. And that was a little bit of a problem for MJ Horton last year at LaSalle. He's a very good athlete with a very powerful arm, but only completed 48% of his passes. That time the receiver never even got out of his break. And he had him open. Just yeah. really weren't sink there. And he had plenty of time. He didn't even take a drop. He's really just taking the snap and standing stationary and trying to get it out of his hands quickly, and he got it out of his hands a little too quickly. So now Princeton will have it third and 13 on its own 42-yard line. Two receivers go each way. Boyd goes to the right of Horton. Looks at a four-man front. Drops to throw. This time he is going to drop to throw. Sets his feet. Now he's going to roll right. Still on the move. Now he wants to tuck it and run across the 40, 45. Tripped up and gets it to about the 50-yard line. Oh, they're going to mark him out at the 47-yard line. And a nice job to come up and make an ankle tackle by Cameron Hemmer, linebacker who just swiped at his ankles and was able to trip up Horton well short of the first down. We get about five yards, but it'll be fourth and call it eight from the 47. And Princeton for the third straight time in the game will have to punt the football away. And the last one ended in disaster when it went through, the snap went through punter Robert Rutherford's hands. And then Rutherford tried to run with it and gained a handful of yards, but not enough for the first down. They'll go in single safety this time. Max Ward, the lone man back. So maybe Milford's deciding to rush this punt. Ward stands back on the 25. Good snap back to Rutherford. Look out. They came from off the edge, and Rutherford barely got it away. Ward going to catch it back on the 23. Tries to elude one man, does so, but can't elude a second. Is there to make the tackle Kevin Suttles at about the 26-yard line. 
I mean, that snap floats back so much, I, they've got a good chance to get one tonight, I think. And that's what they tried to do there. Princeton, instead of putting two people back to receive the punt, only left one, and they almost blocked it. Very aggressive coaching decision. Nearly pays off here. So Milford will have it for the fourth time tonight with 2.46 to go opening quarter. There is no score. Milford only one first down, and it was on a great sliding catch by Peyton Bauer on a third and five play that got it. Start from their own 26, empty backfield. Three receivers go right, that's the open side. As they operate on the hash mark to the left, two receivers are that way, and Jaheim Thomas jumped off sides, as did Rutherford, who was in the game at an end spot as well. So another penalty on Princeton. This will be the five-yard variety on first down. It'll make it first and five. As Darian Henry not in the game at the moment, maybe just getting a breather, at least that's what you would hope. But he is not in there at the moment, as Rutherford's in there at his spot. So first and five, same set, empty backfield for Hunter Johnson, the quarterback, three receivers to his right, two to his left. Thomas almost jumped off sides again as Johnson clapped it. They're trying to go on the clap, but he clapped and waited this time. Now he claps it again, gets the snap, turns the throw, throws right, fires. It's going to be caught by Bauer. He juggled it up at the 40. He was belted immediately, but was able to hang on for a first down reception there to knock him to the ground. Leroy Bowers belted him. Bauer with a couple of good catches in this game, both that were converted to first downs for Milford. It's a first down at the Eagles 40-yard line. Good hands as well to hang on to that ball as there is drilled coming down. So first and 10 Milford from its own 40, second first down of the night for the Eagles. As Henry's still not in there. Empty backfield, three receivers right, two to the left, the ball basically in the middle of the field. Johnson claps once, gets the snap, turns, throws right, throws a short screen, and he buried for a loss. And now the ball, no, they're gonna say incomplete. As Suttles came up and just belted Bauer, they tried to throw a quick little bubble out to the right, and he had no chance. Or are they going to call him down? I thought they called incomplete. Yeah, they called incomplete. Look like one of the officials was going to mark it at the 36 where he got hit. But now they say incomplete, and that's probably the right call. So second and 10, Milford from its 40. Very dangerous throw there. Go three receivers right, two left again. Empty backfield for Hunter Johnson. Now a whistle blew. I think a Princeton player in the secondary, who I believe was Kevin Suttles, had an equipment issue, so he had to go out. Raheem Thomas now moves from, actually they put another player in. Raheem Thomas actually going to go out in coverage this time. So he's not rushing the pass. Neither he or Henry are on the defensive line at the moment. They've been consistently in the backfield. Johnson takes the snap, drops the throw, wanted to throw a screen, now slings a pass up the sideline. Almost intercepted. Great break on the football by Leroy Bowers as the ball was intended for Bryson Chambers. And a great break on the football. Bowers almost picked it up but couldn't hang on. So it'll be just, 10. Time is 10 off there. He was right there to make that play, though. He came from about five yards behind him as well to make that play. They put Jaheim Thomas in coverage in the game at the moment at the right defensive end spot or linebacker spot outside Calvin Shaw in for the first time. So he takes Thomas's place. Thomas covered out in the slot. Now Thomas is going to walk up to make it an extra defensive end on the left side. So a five-man front on third and ten. Johnson takes the snap, rolls right to throw. Still on the move, fires his pass on the run, and short tops his intended receiver incomplete. Up at about the 48. It still would have been short of the first down. Vince Ringland was the man who, what did he say, he did catch it? They call it a catch here. I thought it Nah, they're bringing it back to the 40. It, it, it short hopped. They'll say incomplete. A couple of officials said incomplete. Ringland tried to sell it. it. It still would have been a couple of yards short of the first down, but 
on fourth and 10. It'll be a punting time for Milford with a minute 32 to go in this opening quarter. So, there's a timeout on the field for a moment. We'll keep it right here on this timeout. So far, neither offense getting much done, although for Princeton, they've gotten some things done, Kyle, but penalties have just killed them. Wiped out a touchdown run, wiped out a long Thomas Boyd run. Feels like Princeton's kind of been the more dominant team in this opening quarter, but you still got the main thing on the scoreboard, which is 0-0. And the Milford defense feeding off those penalties as well. It seems like when they get those big penalties, they're able to step up defensively and get in the backfield and make some plays, so. Well, Vince Ringland's gonna be the new punter, at least this time around. Oberschlake on that last punt had such a bad drop that he almost missed it, so they'll give Ringland a chance this time. Dusing to snap, twin safeties back for Princeton, standing on their 30, Bowers and D'Angelo Foster. Now what do we got, another whistle. Now they have to change the clock. It says 132, but it's now gonna be moved to 145 because of the incompletion. And I would say the official didn't sell it, so the poor clock operator, he's going off the official. It wasn't exactly the most official incomplete sign, so they thought it was a catch, and that's why the clock ran, but now they've got it reset to a minute 45. So here we go. Yes. And Ringland into punt instead of Overslake. Using to snap it. It's a high snap that he has to get one-handed, Ringland does, and then gets off a punt off the side of his foot. See where this thing bounces. It's going to bounce backward, and it's going to be down right at the 50-yard line. A 10-yard punt by Vince Ringland, and the kicking game is in a place of misery tonight for Tom Grippa's team. Ringland did a great job to catch that. He's a receiver. Almost caught that ball in the third down play a moment ago. He went up and one hand caught that, and then kind of a rugby-style punt going off to his right, and he just got it off the side of his foot. So Princeton's got great field position at the 50-yard line. If they can stay away from penalties here. Operate on the hash mark to the left. It's an only one receiver that way. Two receivers come right. They actually have a tight end in the game to the right this time, which is rare. Price is back in there at running back in place of Boyd. He's to the left of Horton. He takes the snap. Going to run an option to the left. He's going to keep it across the 50, and he's submarine. I'll tell you what, that's about the third or fourth tackle for Max Ward. 5'6", 135. He's like a bullet, not afraid of anything. And he just chopped Horton's legs down into about the 47-yard line after a gain of three. I saw him in pregame, and I kept thinking because he, I, I knew he was a player only because one of the coaches asked him to kind of get the guys together, but I just kept looking and thinking, man, he looks small, but he doesn't play that way. He plays with heart. Just came up without any fear. Second and we'll call it seven from the 47. Foster lines up on a wing right just inside the tackle, and now there's a snap that's rolled back, and Horton picks it up. No, now they're going to blow it dead. Now they're going to blow it dead, I think. Yeah, they're going to blow it dead. And again, it was a false start by Princeton up front. This time it actually saves him. Yeah, well, I think Horton did hear the whistle. He's getting yelled at by Mike Daniels for trying to do too much with the football. He probably should have just fallen on it. But I thought I could clearly hear the whistle. I'm guessing he did too. But again, that's another penalty for Princeton. That's, I think, seventh of the night for the Vikings. And this, again, a pre-snap penalty. They've had a couple of... The one live ball won the block in the back that didn't need to happen. Wiped out a touchdown. Got another block in the back, wiped out a Boyd run, and you've had about three or four pre-snap penalties. Very sloppy start. So second and 12, Princeton from its own 48. On the hash mark to the left, one receiver that way. Two come wide right. 
Price to the left, now Foster goes in motion right to left. They will fake it. Port's gonna run it straight ahead across the 50 to the 45, drags a tackler down to about the 42 yard line. Cameron Hemmert had him wrapped up at about the 45, but he dragged him for another couple of yards and he's got it back to a makeable third down range. Gain of 10 for MJ Horton on the quarterback keeper after he faked the jet sweep. It'll be third and two. Still have yet to convert a third down tonight, so opportunity to do so here on third and short. Third and two from the 42 of Milford. As we have five seconds to go with this quarter, see if they get another playoff. Down to four. Horton takes the snap, they will. Hands it off to Price, running left, picks his way across the 40, inside the 40, spins away, still on his feet, and now just a giant pile takes it down to the 32-yard line. Nice run by James Price on third and two. He gets 10 yards down to the 32, and with that, we come to the end of the first quarter of play. Princeton had a touchdown wiped out, a 70-yard run. They've committed a bunch of penalties, but their defense more than doing enough. And at the end of one quarter of play with Princeton driving, it's Princeton 0, Milford 0. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people, people who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy, but at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who Back here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard. Producer engineer Zach Waddell always doing a great job. Penalties in the first quarter for Princeton, six penalties for 40 yards. And again, they had one that wiped out a touchdown, a 70-yard MJ Horton run, and another one that wiped out a long Thomas Boyd run. Thanks to the stat crew here at Milford doing a great job, appreciate it. First and 10, Princeton going right to left in this second quarter. Foster comes in motion, the hand goes to Boyd, running straight ahead, and he takes a tackler inside the 30 to the 28 as Cameron Hemmert again making a stop. Hemmert had six tackles in the first quarter. That means tackle number seven for him. Been all over the place. He and Ward both. Ward had five tackles. Hemmert had six in the first quarter. They have a gain of three. They'll mark it at the 29, but a positive first down gain for Thomas Boyd, the big back that's six foot, 230 pounds. Two receivers right, one to the left. They operate on the hash to the left. Looking at a five-man front. Is Horton in the shotgun with Boyd to his right, takes the snap, wants to throw. Pumps once, double move, throwing it deep down the left sideline into traffic and it's broken up. As they try to get Caleb Crawford and very nice coverage down there by Jackson Stickle, the quarterback. Stickle actually was probably in a better position to catch it, but I'll, catch it, but I'll tell you, Caleb Crawford, who goes six foot two, almost jumped up to get it away from him. Well, but on a throw in there, it did just for it, but nice play there to my Stickle step in there. Crawford did have a shot at that ball. I'll give Stickle this too. He didn't really bite much on that double move. It was a pump and go, and Stickle didn't really bite on the pump fake. So now third down and seven. Princeton at the Milford 29. Two receivers right. Crawford again by himself to the left, the close side of the field. Boy to the right of Jordan to Horton in the shotgun. Takes the snap, drops. Goes a long pass across the field, not even close, incomplete. That's a long pass. He threw it from the left hash mark to almost the right sideline. As he looked like it was intended for Sterling Burkhalter and didn't even come close. And now it'll be fourth down, and this is no man's land here. You got to go for it. That's 
what it looks like they're going to do is now Price will come back in to replace Boyd at running back as Horton goes all the way to the sideline to get the play call. Still plenty of time. He comes already back to the huddle. Still 25 seconds on the play clock. Fourth down Princeton at the Milford 29, early stage of second quarter, no score. Last year, Princeton 47% on fourth down, so not a bad number there last yeah, year. not at all. Two receivers right, wing right. Crawford by himself to the left. Horton takes the snap, drops, wanted to set up a screen. They read it. Now Horton running to his right. He's going to throw a shovel pass. Caught by Price, 30, 25. Down to the 20, has the first down, fumbles the football away, and I believe Princeton got it. Now, hang on a minute. There's a big scrum down there at about the 17-yard line. Looked like Princeton had a great shot at it, but I think Milford might have gotten it. Just coming around for it. I think they did get a hand on it last second. I think Mil Milford's going to take this ball here. What a nice play by Horton on the run to just flip a pass forward. And Milford recovers the football. It's a fourth down conversion, and still don't get the ball. Looked like coming up with the recovery was 78 Hayden Harvey, a defensive lineman. He had the football. He might have just dug it out of the pile at the bottom because it looked like Princeton had it. But Harvey's the one that comes away with it. So Princeton had converted for the moment. But Price then fumbles it away, and Milford will get it on its own 16-yard line. So another Princeton mistake. Turnover's now at one apiece. Milford will start from its own 16. The Eagles just two first downs in the game. Henry is back in there right now at the left defensive end spot. Johnson in the shotgun has one receiver each way. They've now tightened things up. They've got some blockers in there on the inline portion of it, trying to keep that pass rush away. And now we have a whistle. Not sure what the call is. Got a timeout. Must have a timeout. So Milford takes the timeout. So a little adjustment there, Kyle. Instead of spreading the field out, they, they put a few more blockers at the point of attack, almost with a double tight end look, trying to slow down that pass rush, which has just been very troublesome for Milford here so far in this game. It's been a big strength for Princeton tonight, being able to get in the backfield and create some pressure on Hunter Johnson. He's been able to get out of it a couple times and make some nice throws, but uh, the more it gets pressure, the better off they are tonight. And it's so far, that's what's helping keep in this game here. So we played a quarter and a minute and four seconds in Princeton. Boy, they've made a, about a two games to five games worth of mistakes. A penalty that wiped out a touchdown, a fumble after they converted a fourth down, a penalty that wiped out a long run. And despite the fact this defense has played so well, still nothing to show for it. Princeton 17 plays for 80 yards in the first quarter. Milford 16 plays for 20, and we have a 0-0 score. Yep. So Milford after the timeout will change its alignment. They'll go with two receivers to the right. Again, they are lining up actually. Overschlake is lined up almost on a wing to the left, it looks like. Here's a handoff to John's running left, and he's going to drag a tackler up to the 20-yard line. Nice run on first down of four. John Harris, junior linebacker, was there to make the tackle for Princeton after a pickup of four yards to the 20. So a little adjustment for Tom Grippa. He's taking Hayden Overschlake, who plays defensive tackle. He's got him in there as almost a fullback type player lined up behind the, about the right or the left guard left tackle area this time so they'll go with the same alignment just two wide receivers both wide right in a slot Johnson to the left of Hunter Johnson in the shotgun takes the snap running straight ahead and goes nowhere maybe eked out a yard and that's about all as they're to combine on the tackle were Jason Randall and Calvin Shaw the linebackers we'll give him a yard up to the 21 and he'll make it third down in about five to go for the first down. Tom Grippa knows if you can't get him blocked up, there's not much you can do about it. So he's trying to get as many blockers as he can in there. That's why he's got the big guy, Oberschlake, at 6'1", 270 pounds. He wears 72, so he has to report eligible. 
And it's the same alignment. He's going to line up kind of as an offset fullback behind the left guard. Here's Johnson going to roll right to throw. Sets his feet, guns it to the near side. It's caught at the 25 and stops short of the first down on a nice open field tackle by Juan Jarrett as Vince Ringland went high to catch the ball and then was tackled immediately at the 25-yard line. It's a yard shy of the first down. You think they'd punt from this range of the field, but I don't know if they're going to here. I don't know if they are either. They haven't made an indication yet. It's fourth and one Milford from its own 25, and now they will send the punt team on, and it's been an adventure punting the football tonight for Milford. Oberschlake will get another crack at it. He punted the first two times. Ringland punted the last one, and now Oberschlake back in there to punt here on fourth and one. Caleb Johns, the running back, is the main personal protector, so if they've got a fake on, they could probably snap it to him. Back in single safety this time is D'Angelo Foster. Maybe try to get him to jump off sides, too. And the snap is high. Oberschlake catches it, and the punt was almost blocked. I'm not sure how it was, and he got it away. It's going to bounce at the 50. Bounces at the 45 in Princeton territory, down at the 43. Elijah Eberhardt came clean off the left side. Looked like he had a clear chance to block it, and I'm not so sure how he did. But he didn't. He had a clear path to the end zone beyond that. Yeah, he did. Both teams, special teams tonight, especially the snapping and the punting have been an adventure. The Princeton will start at its own 43. They've gotten numerous times a good field position so far in this game too, Kyle. Just haven't capitalized, or, they, or when they have capitalized, they've called back for a penalty, so that's sort of been stabbing on the foot tonight. 8.41 to go until halftime. Still no score. What a very nice night for football after some thunderstorms earlier tonight, about an hour before kickoff time. Thomas Boyd is back in the game at running back to the right of Horton. They got twins each way. Two receivers right, two to the left. Four-man front. Horton takes the snap, hands it on a jet sweep to Foster running right, trying to get to the corner. Stutter steps at the 40. Now cuts up field and gets across the 45. Maybe got to the 46. And that is about all as Jacob Cook, free safety, was there to make the tackle. So make it a gain of about. See where they mark it. They haven't officially marked it yet. I think it's the 46. It'll be a gain of three and make it second and seven Vikings. Nice crowd on hand here tonight at Milford. Excited about their football team, looking for a third straight playoff appearance. Back to back the last two years after making it just one time in school history prior. Here's the snap back to Horton. Fakes a handoff, wants to run straight ahead. Doesn't get too far, got maybe a yard, and that's about all as five red-shirted defenders were there and then Boyd got rolled up on and he's gonna hobble off the field. Boyd was in there blocking, got rolled up on, and he actually has to hobble all the way to the sideline. That would be a big loss if Thomas Boyd's out for any period of time here. And he crumpled to the ground on that Princeton bench. Well, he's your bruiser near the goal line. Certainly can't have him out there. They gave that gain up to the 49-yard line. Didn't think he got quite that far. And Horton trying to limber up a little bit, too, after that run. He's gingerly trotting back to the huddle after talking to an assistant on the sideline. So it'll be third down and about four Princeton from the... Vikings 49-yard line. Price back in there, running back to the right of Horton. He's got three receivers left, one to the right. Out of the shotgun, takes the snap, wants to throw, sets his feet. Caught by Burke Coulter at the 48, and he's going to be tackled right at the line of scrimmage. Hammer again. And gives some credit as well. Helping out on the tackle was Jackson Stickle, but for Hammer, that'll be, I think, tackle number eight of the night. At least he's been involved in. No gain on the play. They just tried to throw a quick pass out to Sterling Burkhalter and let him try to run after the catch, and he didn't run anywhere because Hemmert wrapped him up. So fourth and four, Princeton from its own 49, and they'll punt it away once again. And this has been an adventure tonight, too. 
Milford almost blocked the last one as Rutherford goes back there. There's been the, the snaps that go back just float to him. So that's why Milford the last time had a good chance to block one. This time they'll put two safeties back at about the 20-yard line. Most of Scanson have played around about the 50-yard line tonight. Here's the punt. It's a low line drive punt that's going to bounce and roll and going to be fielded back at the 15 by Bauer. And then he escapes one man. He can't escape a second. As there to bring him down and bring him down very hard was Kevin Suttles. As Bauer got away from the first wave but couldn't get away from the second. And he's decked back at the 15-yard line. So that's where Milford will start first and 10 with still no score and 6.15 to go in this first half. Today, the Milford defense has put on a pretty gutty performance tonight so far. Right now, uh, right on the edge there, Cameron Zromsky having his way on the, on the outer, outer edge there. Obviously, he's got a tough task tonight here against uh, Paris Johnson tonight, but he's really holding his own up there tonight. Oberschlake will stay in as a fullback type. He's offset to the left, right behind the left tackle, left guard. John's to the right of Johnson in the shotgun. First down, looks at a five-man front, takes the snap, hands it off. Nice move by Johnson in the back, John to the backfield, but he's still going to be hit for a loss, and now a penalty flag comes in. I think Princeton's going to get hit for a face mask. They had him for a yard loss back at the 15, or back at the 14, rather, but needs to be all for naught as one of those players making the tackle ended up grabbing the face mask of Caleb Johns. It was Kevin Suttles and Elijah Eberhardt in the tackle there. I'm not really sure which one got the face mask, but... Regardless, it's going, to come, it's going to be giving some field position here to Milford. Well, they, I think he said, yeah, five-yard face mask variety. So the inadvertent face mask, the call, so only five yards, but it'll wipe out a one-yard loss and make it first and five Milford at the 20. One receiver each way. John's to the right of Johnson in the shotgun. Waits for the snap, claps it, takes the snap, hands it off to Johns running left. He runs hard across the 25, or the 20 to the 21, and then Eight different Princeton Viking defenders were there to gang tackle him at the 21-yard line and stop his forward progress. So just a yard gained by Caleb Johns. No huddle for Milford. They've not huddled tonight, but they've taken, they're taking their time getting to self-set. One receiver each way. Johnson to the right of Johnson. Looks at a five-man front. Here's the snap back. Johnson, Johnson, Johnson throws a high pass. It's caught by Ringland up at about the 27-yard line. He's tackled immediately by Elijah Eberhardt, but that's going to be enough for a first down. It's just a quick out to the right to Vince Ringland, who made a nice catch going up to get it. And it's first down. Milford at its own 27-yard line is... Clock stops momentarily with 5.17 to go in this first half and no score. Bauer goes to the left, the open side of the field. Operating on the hash mark to the right, Ringland that way. Again, Oberschlake now lines up between the right, right behind the right guard and right tackle. There's a turn, a handoff to Johns, and he is going to be hit and decked for a loss. Blitzing clean off the left side was Calvin Shaw, the linebacker. Nobody picked him up. And Caleb Johns had no chance. He'll lose two back to the 25-yard line. Princeton can maybe hold them where they're at here, force a punt, get one good drive in before halftime. Well, the field position, field position has been there tonight. Yeah. Just haven't been able to capitalize on it. Bauer and Ringland both go to the left this time with Bauer in the slot. Those are the only two wide receivers. Johns to the left of Johnson, takes the shotgun snap, rolls to his left, and now a whistle blows. And do we have motion beforehand? I believe we did. It'll be 
Yep, false start. And that's going to go against left guard Brandon Edwards for the illegal procedure. So now it'll be second and 17 back at the 20. And now for Princeton, you got a better shot to maybe get good field position if you can get a stop here. And now they're going to change their personnel out. They took out the blockers that were in there. They had a couple of extra linemen lined up as tight ends, and now it looks like they're going to come back with the four wide receiver package here. And that is what they'll do. Two go left, make it actually three go left, two go right, and Johnson with an empty backfield. Looks like the four-man front. Claps his hands once, takes the snap, drops to throw, wants to set up a screen. He's in some trouble, throws a pass. It's intercepted right in the arms of Elijah Eberhardt, who's going to run up the sideline and be bumped out of bounds at the four-yard line. Hunter Johnson, there was nobody there. Johnson did a good job, though, to hustle back and knock him out of bounds, but Elijah Eberhardt was the only man in that area to catch the football. There was nobody around for Milford. And the interception and return by Elijah Eberhardt down to the Milford four-yard line has the Vikings first and goal at the four. Hunter Johnson had three interceptions last year up at Princeton in this game and already got two tonight here, and this one's a big one. For a moment, like they wanted to set up some type of screen, then he looked like he was either trying to throw it away. I'm not sure what he was trying to do, but he threw it right to Eberhardt. He made a nice return. I'll give Hunter Johnson this. He did a nice job to hustle down and bang him out of bounds to save the touchdown for the time being. Definitely gave up his body there. Yep. First and goal, Princeton at the Milford four. Mistakes galore tonight for Princeton. They're going to come with a jumbo package in the backfield. Henry's going to line up as a fullback. Horton going to go under center. They'll put two fullbacks in front of Price, the eye back. Here's Horton turns. Hands Price running left. Breaks through one tackle and can't break through a second down at the two-yard line. There to wrap him up was Hayden Harvey, the nose guard. So they put the big fella, Darion Henry, at 6'5", 260. He does play tight end on offense, but they lined him up as a twin fullback that time in front of Price. They'll mark it just inside the two. And now they bring in even more beef at that fullback spot. 6'2", 300-pound Todd Hardy lined up next to Henry with Price to die back behind him. Everybody tight, handoff goes to Henry, runs off the left side, and he's in for the touchdown. Darian Henry got the handoff. He wasn't just going to be a blocker. And he gets Princeton's first touchdown of the 2019 season, and with 3.20 to go in the first half, the Vikings take a 6-0 lead. How about Darion Henry getting the first touchdown of the Princeton football season this year? Well, the way he's played on defense tonight, he's probably earned it. Yeah, Man, they came with some beef that time and handed off to one of the, one of the big guys. to attempt the point after for the Vikings will be Michael Everson. He didn't kick last season, so chance to get his first point. Right-footed sidewinding kicker. Snapback's a good one. The hold is down. The kick is on the way, and the kick is good. So Princeton, thanks to an Elijah Eberhardt interception, a return down to the four-yard line, needs two plays to punch it in. And after having a touchdown wiped out earlier by a penalty, this time they get the score with 3.20 to go in the first half. It's Princeton 7, Milford nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today.
Back here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard, a frustrating first half for the most part for Princeton, but they finally took advantage of the turnover. They got one first and goal situation here, weren't able to capitalize and put a defensive player in a heavy situation, able to punch it in. It'll Play be, good. Go ahead. Played good defense all night, and now coming in there to put six points on the board offensively. Well, now, if you're Princeton, they still have, I believe, all three timeouts left. You may get one more possession, and they deferred to start the game, so they get the ball to start the second half. So here comes the kickoff from Hayden Cobbs, back deeper Max Ward and Jackson Stickle. As Cobbs moves on the football and gets away, a nice end-over-end kick that Stickle's going to feel back at the 8, running straight ahead across the 10, 15, Stutter steps at the 20, and he's going to be snowed under at the 20-yard line. So, Milford will start at its own 20, and so far the Eagles have just had a hard time blocking that front group for Princeton in this first half of play, and it's led to Hunter Johnson being a little gun-shine, understandably so. Marking at the 21, but that's the thing I know Tom Grippa tried to do with that alignment a while ago. They're trying just to find a way to block this. Now they've gone back to their normal offense, which is to try to spread you out, and that's what they'll do on this first play. Hunter Johnson really hasn't had much time to throw the ball tonight. Put three receivers to the left. They operate on the hash mark to the right, so the close side of the field, Ringland, the lone receiver that way. Ward in there at running back, lined up next to Hunter Johnson to his right. Johnson takes the shotgun snap, drops the throw, fires over the middle, caught by Bauer up to 25, and he runs it across the 30 to the 31 and very near a first down. Before he was tackled from behind by both Robert Rutherford, along with Christian Kilgus Dixon, who's in there at linebacker. So a first down, a pickup of 10 exactly to the 31-yard line. So Milford in a little bit more of a hurry up here, down 7-0 and with the football late in the first half. And we've got some movement up front, and I believe that was lined up at left end that time. Todd Harding, who might have jumped early for Princeton and another Viking penalty. Maybe first and five for Milford up at its own 36. They're pointing to the clock running. Now the referee, or again our referee tonight, Ken Harbison. I think you're gonna have to change the clock because the clock kept running while they were marking off that penalty. Shows 227 at the moment. I'm gonna guess we're about 240 or thereabouts. No 232 is all they're gonna put back. They're only gonna put five seconds back up. Okay. Still first down, first and five after the markoff. Milford at its own 36. Yeah, the game clock now should start running again once they got things set, and it is. And Milford's got all kinds of confusion, and they have no timeouts left. Down to 10 on the play clock. Trying to get themselves lined up. Down to seven on the play clock. Three receivers left, two to the right. Johnson the shotgun, down to four on the play clock. In motion going left to right, getting the, no, faking the handoff. Oh, getting the handoff, excuse me, Ward. He runs left across the 40, in the open 45, to the 50. Far sideline, banged out of bounds at the 42-yard line. Max Ward got it on the jet sweep, going right to left, and did a good job to get to the corner, and then not only turn the corner and get a big gainer, he stops the clock with 2.05 to go in the first half. It's amazing how he has that much energy, as defensively how he's been all over the field tonight. Probably the biggest game so far tonight. No question. The first down, Milford at the Princeton 41-yard line. Two receivers right, one to the left. John, or rather, Ward to the left of Johnson. The shotgun takes the snap. Double move, throwing it deep down the sideline. It's well covered by Scarborough, and almost caught by Ringland. No. 
Incomplete is the call. Scarborough and Ringland went up together, and Ringland almost took it away from him. Scarborough had the inside position, but Ringland went up and almost took it away and just couldn't control it as he came to the ground out of bounds. It goes incomplete. Great effort by Ringland. Scarborough never go from that play either. So second and 10, Milford at the Princeton 41 with a minute 58 to go in the first half. Vikings with a 7-0 lead. Three receivers come right. It's the open side of the field. Two go left. So an empty backfield for Hunter Johnson, the quarterback. Princeton shows a four-man front. That's all. Johnson takes the snap, drops the throw, wants to throw it over the middle, does so, throws it incomplete. Threw it wide of his intended target. It was Dallas Adams and not even close. And again, he felt the pressure. So it'll be third and 10 at the 41. Clock stop with a minute 54. the shotgun. Johnson going to roll right, trying to set a new launch point. Still on the move, still on the move. Fires it back over the middle through the hands of Ringland. Would have had a first down at the 30-yard line. And after almost making a spectacular catch, that's probably one that he should have caught. It would have been a first down at the 30, so now decision time for Tom Grippo on fourth and 10 at the Princeton 41. With a minute 48 to go in the first half to punt this or go for it. I think as well as his defense has played, I just punt it and be happy to go to the half down 7 nothing and try to figure out how you can block that Princeton front. Hey, look, they're going to send the offense. They're going to keep them on the field. So fourth and 10 for Milford at the Princeton 41-yard line. Princeton really hasn't had the opportunity to drive the ball or hasn't really capitalized tonight, at least with the field position. So maybe that's what they're thinking here. Yeah, maybe. Three receivers right, one to the left. Ward to the right of Johnson in the shotgun. Looks at a four-man front. Takes a snap, rolls right to throw. On the move, sets his feet, guns it, and it's incomplete. Gunned it down for Ringland, who got one hand on the ball, but that was all. There was a lot of Princeton players in the area, but Ringland really with no chance on that one. So Milford turns it over on downs, and now Princeton with a minute 42 to go in the half. We'll have good field position and three timeouts. And we'll get the ball to start the and second the half as well. the second half, so this could be a huge drive right here. See if they go conservative here and try to take it in, or they try to punch it in one more time here. Good field position, so yep. I think they go for it here. Looks like they're going to spread the field out here. They're going to put two receivers right, two to the left. Price will be to the right of Horton out of the shotgun. So a passing formation for sure. Milford ran a cornerback on late, but he got in there enough time. Here's the snap back to Horton. Drops the throw. Pump fakes. Wants to run a double move. Lobs one down the right sideline. It's going to be intercepted, I believe, if he held on to it. If it is, Sickle got it. Now they're going to say incomplete. I think he caught the ball, but his foot was out of bounds. He was the closer man to it. It was the cornerback, Jackson Sickle. Stickle had a good chance to catch it, apparently on the sidelines. They tried, they tried a double move. They tried one on him earlier, and he didn't bite, and he didn't even come close to biting on that one. So second and 10, Princeton at its own 41. Two receivers left, two to the right. Price this time to the left of Horton in the shotgun. Staring at a four-man front, now coming in motion to the right, and getting the handoff with it is, is going to be Scarborough. He's got some running room. Sidesteps one man at the 45 and goes up to the 49-yard line. A couple of yards short of the first down as Scarborough got on the jet sweep. John's there to make the tackle. So it'll be third and two Vikings at their own 49 with a minute 20 in the clock running. Probably a first down here. We'll get a timeout if they can convert it. Trips to the right, one to the left. 
Horton takes it, hands it off to Price, running left, sidesteps one man at the 50, sidesteps another, and then spun down at the 47-yard line, but he'll get the first down, and there is a penalty flag on the play. Again, this may be a legal formation against Princeton. It's thrown right at the line of scrimmage, basically. We'll see. Or no, we're going to get a hold. I think you got a hold on Paris Johnson, the left tackle. Yep, it sure was. Wipe out another first down. Wipes out yet another first down. So they've had two third down conversions wiped out by penalty and a long touchdown run wiped out by penalty. So instead of a first down at the Milford 47, they'll have it third and 10. Because it's marked from the spot of the foul. Third and 10 back at the 41-yard line with a minute four to go in the half. Three receivers right, one to the left. Horton signaling over to the sideline something to his receiver. He wanted to get him the receivers on the outside. He wanted them tighter. Takes the shotgun snap. Rolls right to throw. On the move. Still on the move. Hasn't thrown yet. Now just flings one up deep down the field. And it's going to be knocked away by Scarborough. He went up as a receiver to knock it away from the defensive back. Because Horton just threw that thing up for grabs. That was a backyard football play in 5-8s right there. The closest man to it was Milford's Chase Hodge who was in coverage. Scarborough went up to just bat it away from him to keep him from intercepting it. Now it'll be fourth down Princeton with 45 seconds to go in the half. And I'm not sure if I'm Milford, I don't go after this punt because it's been an adventure back there with the snap for Robert Rutherford. I definitely would here in the situation. And yeah, they're only going to put one guy back. Max Ward will go back in single safety as they move Jackson Stickle up. I'm guessing you go after this punt pretty hard right here with 45 seconds to go in the half. Another third down penalty here wipes away yep. at first down. And a possible drive could have scored more points here. Kind of a deja vu feeling from last year with numerous penalties. Here's the snap back, heavy rush on. A nice job by Rutherford to get the punt away. And it's a pretty good one. And it's going to bounce out of bounds down at about the 22-yard line. So a good job by Rutherford to get that punt away in the face of some pressure. Now Milford with no timeouts, 39.4 seconds to go in the half. We'll have it on its own 22-yard line. And Princeton does have all three timeouts, so they could take some defensively here because it's been an adventure in the punting game, the kicking game for Milford tonight. They get a new running back or new Daniel McCoy going to check in the offense. He's played defense tonight. We're going to get some snaps here on offense. They marked it out at the 25, so that's officially where they will start. McCoy will line up in the backfield with Hunter Johnson. Three receivers go out wide to the left, the open side of the field, just one to the right, Ringland. And it's McCoy to the left of Johnson in the shotgun. Again, Princeton does have three timeouts here. If they can get some stops. Johnson takes the snap, turns, hands to McCoy, running straight ahead, has a good hole, but boy, from behind, Darion Henry just engulfed him and dropped him after a gain of two yards. And now we will get, I believe, a quick timeout by Princeton with 31.8 seconds to go in the half. So Princeton going to try here to get the three and out and force a punt. Coming up at halftime, the Angry Quarterbacks podcast with myself and Tony Pike talking some NFL, college, and high school football. That podcast drops Tuesdays of each week, but we'll play a little snippet of that here coming up at halftime. So timeout for Princeton, 31.8 seconds to go. It'll be second and eight officially for Milford from its own 27. Now the thing is, you, you, wanna, you need to convert this first down to keep from punting the football if you're Tom Grippa, but you also don't want to put it in the air because you don't want to give Princeton the, the, the free timeout that way, so kind of a quantity. They've not run it really at all other than that jet sweep by Max Ward. He ripped off a nice gainer on the last possession. 
We'll see what Tom Grippa decides to do. Tom Grippa certainly has had a great, great career at Elder, then Fairfield, then LaSalle, and here, 192 and 104 is record. Third year here, 17 and six, and taking them to two playoffs, back-to-back -back seasons. I think you're gonna see a blitz here from the Princeton defense here and try to put some pressure on Hunter Johnson. Five-man front, now they back off a four, so that's a back off another man, so it's a four-man front. He turns, hands to McCoy, running right, runs it up to the 28, and that's all. And he's engulfed there, another quick timeout. And now a late penalty flag comes in. You might get a block in the back or a hold against Milford. That came in that area where there was a, somebody engaged with a Princeton player. Princeton took a timeout with 27 and a half seconds to go. It was a gain of two. I think they're gonna call a block in the back. I think, we'll see. Maybe not. Illegal contact in the back, 36 Oh, it's going to be on Princeton for illegal contact in the back. Somebody got pushed from behind, and it's going to be Jason Randall. Got to move the chains now, too. Yep, so I think now if you're Tom Grippa, you just put yourself on a knee and call it a half in 27 and a half seconds. We'll see, though. Princeton now with two timeouts, so really Milford controls the clock at this stage of it. The clock continues to run with 20 seconds to go in the half, so... Milford doesn't really have to snap it, but they do. Johnson's going to drop to throw. He's going to throw one deep down the right side. He's got Ringland out there, and he's got it down to the 10-yard line and banged out of bounds. Boy, Ringland did a great job to track that football. And there to knock him out was Kevin Suttles, but, boy, Ringland with a great catch. He'll mark him out down at the 13-yard line with 8.6 seconds to go in the half. So they take one shot down the field, and the one deep ball shot does work. Wait a minute, we got a flag back the other way. I didn't even see it. And it's going to come all for naught. They're going to bring it back. So each team committing some huge penalties tonight. Princeton had a 70-yard touchdown run wiped out. And Milford probably could have gotten a couple of plays off him down there. They've taken a couple of shots to the end zone Correct. for sure. So that thing gets wiped out by a holding penalty. They've already marked the penalty off. Oh, no, they have not, excuse me. Hey, wait, wait a second. No, they've got the chains all messed up, so it's probably not going to matter. There's only 8.6 seconds to go in the, in the half. Well, see if they take another shot down the field. Princeton's now got a couple of defenders about 25 yards off the football. Johnson takes the snap. He's just going to hand it off inside. It's McCoy running straight ahead, runs it up to about the 30-yard line where he's tackled. With that, that's going to do it for the first half. Down to two, down to one, and that will indeed do it. So the Princeton defense, fairly dominant in this first half of play. The offense, mistake field, had a touchdown wiped out. And the defense setting up a short four-yard touchdown drive on an Elijah Eberhardt interception return. And thanks in part to that, and a two-yard touchdown run by Darion Henry. Here at halftime, the score. It's Princeton seven and Milford nothing. We'll be back in about 15 minutes to recap the first half and look ahead to the second half. For now, here's the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. Creating beautiful smiles every day. That is what we do at Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics. These board-certified orthodontists treat both children and adults and use traditional braces, clear ceramic brackets, and Invisalign to meet their individual patient needs. With offices conveniently located in Westchester and Blue Ash, they provide flexible payment options, convenient hours, and high-quality care. For a free new patient exam, contact Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics at 
Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of the Angry Quarterbacks. Yes, we're back again from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike of UC, Carolina Panthers, and Reading High School fame. We will talk about some NFL football, some high school football, some college football. So we've got a lot to get to, but Tony, welcome back to Season 4. It's great to be here. It's like our senior season. It is. Unless you gray shirt and red shirt, then you still got two more seasons. I, I'm going to red shirt. I'm going to take an emergency medical red yep. shirt year, and then I'm going to become a grad transfer. And I'm going to play for seven years. And if I don't come back next year, I'm transferring. That, that's correct. Exactly right. That's how it works. Because if someone takes my spot, I'm leaving. That's how it works anymore. Yep. Anytime a quarterback takes a quarterback spot, that quarterback leaves. Correct. All right. Um, let's start with the NFL. We'll start with the Bengals, um, and we'll get to the Andrew Luck uh, situation in retirement in, in Indianapolis. Uh, over the weekend, the new head coach Zach Taylor announcing uh, the, the offensive line starters after the been competition in camp surprised everybody by announcing an undrafted rookie free agent will start at wide receiver. Uh, what did you make of of what he did and how they did this? I think it, it finally sends a message, and I think it's a positive message going forward for this organization. I mean, for so long, and we saw it with Obwehi, it was like, okay, we drafted this guy high, we need to give him every chance in the world. And again, they, they made it very clear, especially the Billy Price situation. Like it wasn't an indictment on Billy Price. Trey Hopkins just played better. He did. So, and I think I think it's a little bit on Billy. I think the yeah. injury was part of it a little bit. Right. But yeah, Trey got some opportunity early in camp when Billy was down. Yep. Offensive line played pretty well. They thought they had something. Yep. They wanted to see it in preseason games. Trey played well in preseason games. Trey's the starter. And that's that's swallowing a lot because you're talking about putting the 2018 first-round pick Again, yes. on the bench. Now, they kept, they've said a lot of good things about Billy since then. Uh, Billy said all the right things. And Billy probably will get a crack to start again. But um, it was interesting to me. And then... You know, John Jerry, who was in the battle for the left guard spot right. with Michael Jordan, he played for Jim Turner with the Miami Dolphins, started 32 games over two years for Jim Turner with the Miami Dolphins, was brought here after not playing anywhere last year mm-hmm. because of familiarity with Jim Turner, and yet a rookie fourth-round pick beats John Jerry out. And it's not because John Jerry did anything wrong. Again, it's because Michael Jordan, A, has a ton of upside, yep. and B, it's pretty good right now. Well, And what they've created on the offensive line is guys that can come in and play multiple right. spots. We saw Billy Price get some guard reps. Michael Jordan's gotten reps all over the offensive line. To me, though, it sends a message early on from Zach Taylor and this new staff that, look, I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care how long you've played. If you're not getting your job done and someone else is, then we're going to give them the opportunity. It goes all into this win-now mold, and we've seen it for years in the past of a guy that, because he got drafted high, was still playing when really pretty shouldn't be. So you start that, then you, you, you talk about Damian Willis, the undrafted wide receiver, I mean, that, that is going to open opportunities in the future, I believe, for players out there, free agents, uh, guys that are coming in and say, look, we can go to a different, we can go to the Bengals and, as they've seen the track record already, be an opportunity and give a chance to go out and play right away, even though I'm not drafted or even though they already have an incumbent at, say, left guard or something like that. It's setting the message that, hey, you come in and outperform the other guy, then you get playing time on this team. So I, I just think it's refreshing from Zach Taylor, I think it's a great start. Obviously, you and I both know from watching this team throughout training camp, there's a long way to go. Long way to go. Still where, where this team is at. But I, but I like the the mentality to play your best 11 guys on each side of the ball. Yeah, and, and talking with some of those players involved, Damian Willis and, and, and Trey Hopkins especially, um, I, I think they made it a point of it, it is kind of nice that, listen, there's no politics. Mm-hmm. There's the, we're going to play the best players, and if you, if you win the job, you get the job. And I think that permeates to all the other guys. Now, to play devil's advocate for a second, it, 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 it's nice that they did this because these guys earned it. 
But are you going to win in this league with a lot of undrafted well, free agents starting positions? I mean, Trey Hopkins, God bless him. He's yeah. done a great job. He he didn't play his first two years. He was on injured reserve, then was on the practice squad, barely played his third year, spent most of that time on the practice squad, has started some games over the last couple of years at Garden Center. But suddenly now he's the starting center for week one. And you've got a rookie fourth-round pick starting at left guard. And you've got an undrafted rookie starting at wide receiver. Again, I think it's great that they did. I think best man should always win, yeah. period, end of story. And if they prove that, that's great. But is that more of an indictment on the talent level, or is it more, hey, these guys showed what they need to do? I, I think at this point it is an indictment on the talent level. And I was talking yesterday about this because we're talking about, hey, it's a positive this is happening, but week one is at Seattle. You have Trey Hopkins at center, a rookie at left guard, and an undrafted rookie at receiver yeah. with no A.J. Green. I mean, that Joe Mixon, okay, I hope you're carrying the ball 30 <laughs> times. Uh, but I, I think it is more an indictment on where this roster is right now. And obviously they want to rebuild this roster to different heights, clearly. Right. Uh, but what I think is interesting about this, and I think it's worth mentioning because we are in James Rapine Memorial, Memorial Studio, Studio yes. does this permeate down and send a message to a, another first-round pick? I was going to ask you that That question. was on this team. And, and I, th- I think it probably does. And it should. Um, I, I, think, I think especially with first-round picks, I do think you – I know some people have talked about if he doesn't – play well in, you know, early in the season. What do you do with him? Do you even bring him back next year? I do think with a rookie or with a guy on a first-round contract, um, that rookie contract, that four-year contract, I do think you kind of let that play itself out. I don't think you cut yeah. your nose off to spite your face. I do think this, though, I think this being year three, John Ross has to show something, right? He's got to show. Well, that would be on getting on the field first. That, that, that's start. Now, he, he's on the field now. He practiced Sunday. He practiced yesterday. Um, it was funny. I, we we, we those of us that cover the team regularly, we, we kind of take attendance every day to make sure we're not missing somebody who's not there. And it took me a little bit to find, to find John Ross. Yeah. He was there, trust me, but I thought, oh, no, not one day into this he's gone again. But that's that's kind of where you feel. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm interested to see what they, they can do with him in, in this offense. I'm interested to see if they can do some different things and more creative things. But I think, back to your initial point, because I was going to ask you that question, I, I, I think that, yes, I think it does send the message of, Hey man, you 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 know you're in year three of four year of a four year deal. We'll keep you around as long as we can keep you around. But if you're not going to produce, and we've got other guys in that room, we don't have to keep you around. Well, and I think that's the point. It's not like the other guys in that room haven't produced when given opportunities. Well, but they haven't produced in a and long haul over in game. Right. In, 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 I mean, Cody Core's got a handful of career catches. Right. Um, Josh Malone oh, on, the same on way. Tate's only got right. a handful of career catches, but I think they've shown in camp. That they're capable now. Can they do it in when it means something and when you're right. playing first team defensive backs and all of those things? But I mean, it's not like John's proven much yet either. He does exactly. Have his, he does have the seven touchdown catches last year. I can't discount that. Seven touchdown, what twenty one catches? Twenty catches, I believe, yeah. for two ten. Right. So I mean, not even a high average for for your speed guy, your over the top guy. But I do think that it does. I think it sends that message to all of these guys. I think if you see. Malik Jefferson get mm-hmm. let go, and I think that's a real possibility. A yeah. third round pick last year. I think. Um, I don't think they just keep, doesn't look the part. It, it, a he doesn't look the part, and B, um, I think they only keep five linebackers. He's the sixth guy, and he doesn't bring a lot of special teams value. But that's saying something too that that in the you know one year after you took him in the third round, and third round to me I always look at third round and above need to be yeah. starting fairly quickly, right? Right. You know I mean? Fourth you're, round guy, it's maybe a developmental guy. Michael Jordan's a fourth round guy, yep. and maybe they got a absolute steal there in the fourth round. It sure seems that way. Uh, anything later than that, hey, no. it's gravy. But, you know, third-round guy, you usually don't give up on that guy two years into the process, and they may just do that. Right, and I think going back to the, to the whole John Ross aspect, for this team as a whole, 
we talked through training camp that there just wasn't many down the field throws. There wasn't many down the field threats. And say what you want. I think I think scheme wise, the stuff's been great because I think receivers have been more open than we've seen I in do the past. Too. I do too. Even I on the 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 Dalton pick six. I mean, there was separation yeah, oh yeah. if it doesn't get batted no, down. No, that would have been a touchdown yes. if, if it didn't get tipped. So I like schematically where this team is at. Uh, but at some point, you have to take the top off the defense more and more. And, and without A.J. Green for right now, uh, Tyler Boyd's more of a slot guy. Correct. John Ross is supposed to be that down the field, take the top off the defense. So until he's doing that, what are you going to get? Extra guys in the box stopping the run. Uh, defense is playing well, up and, and as much as I like the passing scheme, and I like you know the fact that uh, in the preseason, I think Andy Dalton literally got hit one time. Mm-hmm. He didn't get sacked. So the other quarterbacks did when some right. of the subs were in, but, but Andy did not get sacked. They didn't run it well. The first-team offense, I think, had uh, 21 yards rushing on 12 carries in the preseason, so right. they didn't run it well. But they protected Andy, and some of that, those schematics. It's, I mean, he's, he feels like he catches the snap, is on his back foot, and the ball's out of his hands. It's yeah. a very quick. But eventually, Team, yeah, teams are going to teams are going to cheat up, cheat up, cheat up, and force you to put it down the field. Right. So yeah, John's got to be able to, to to be that guy, I yeah. think, and we'll we'll see if he the, can. The interesting piece of this, with these uh, new roles and and starters and guys having their jobs taken, what is the leash for? A guy like Trey Hopkins. I mean, is I, that? A, I, I asked Jim Turner that. Now, now we asked Zach Taylor that, and Zach said he, you know, I, I don't plan on having a quick hook. They didn't say he wouldn't have a hook. Yeah. I asked Jim Turner the same thing yesterday, and and he he said, "Look, you got to perform. You don't perform, right. I, I got. I, I'm going to bring seven guys to a game. Yep. And if you're not performing, I'll put another guy. Which in is there. something we haven't seen in the past either. Correct. So Correct. yeah, I think at least that it, it it holds these guys accountable, not just for the game, but series by series. Yeah. You better lock in and bring it. Yeah, and he said, look, look I know guys are going to make mistakes. I'm not here to tell you I'm going to pull them for every little mistake. But if they're not performing, right. it's a league you got. And I think it's I, – I agree with you. I mean, it's yep. – hey, you're getting paid. You're a professional. If you don't perform, we've got another professional that's getting yep. paid. Let's let him give it a try. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. Um, preseason game four is always kind of interesting to oh. me because it, it feels like it's just a, an exercise in futility. It used to mean something. But, well, I'm, that's what I was going to ask you because, I, I mean – I know for for some guys in that locker room, it will mean something. Mm-hmm. It may mean their last football game they ever play. Um, it may mean that that there's a handful of jobs that are still up for grabs. The cornerback spot, uh, I think there's there's is is up for grabs. You know, one of those last wide receiver spots. Um, the defensive line can Andrew Brown have another good game and put himself in the mix. So it does mean some things. And you, and you played in fourth preseason mm-hmm. games. I mean. Th- the guys that you played with, and not just for yourself personally, it, it had to, it did mean something, right? Yeah, I mean for me that was that was like my last chance. I was battling with Hunter Cantwell to make the team. He had already been on the roster, and you know that's I mean that's when I beat Hunter Cantwell out. Yeah, but to tell back what, in two thousand ten. Very, very few quarterbacks. Yeah. ever. I mean look at the career he's gone on to have. Correct. <laughs> to to make that roster preseason game number four. Uh, it, it it doesn't seem to have the same value now because I no, think, it seems even you're right. It does seem because even I less. think it, it almost feels like coaches don't even take it as serious. So the game plans, game preps, not as serious. The other team's not playing so. So it's one thing to evaluate guys, but you're also evaluating guys that probably aren't likely going to make the other roster as well. So it's great for players to get film out there of themselves uh, to use for their own tape, whether that's try to get on a practice squad right. somewhere or make another roster. But other than that, I mean, it is a it's a glorified scrimmage for a lot of these guys moving forward. It, it is. It, it feels like year after year as it goes by, it becomes less impactful. Yeah, very much so. To our point, it's almost like, okay, just give us three preseason games. I mean, the Bengals had to sign an offensive lineman yesterday because they're not going to play their starting five. Right. May not play Andre Smith because just Cordy Glenn's got the concussion and you don't know 100% if he's going to be there for Seattle. It sounds like he will be. 
but they literally signed this guy to give them a seventh offensive lineman. He may not even have to play, but right. look, you need some bodies, and they need that's, right. that. But that's where things are yep. in a game like this. You're, you're playing so few guys that you just got to make sure you got enough bodies in each position just to get through the daggone game. Correct. All right, let's move on to uh, to Andrew Luck. Mm. Um, you, you got hurt in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, went through some things injury wise. Yeah. And I think the thing here, the first and foremost, a lot has been made of the fans booing yeah. Andrew Luck when he walked off the field. I think it's shameful. I think it's disgraceful. I also get it on the other hand. Well, I, I get it from the perspective of, of fans are just, they're so emotionally tied that yeah. they can't separate reality from their fandom a lot of times. So I do, yeah. I, I, I'm not, trust me, I'm not taking up for the fans that boo. I think it's disgraceful. I think it's disgusting. It's not your decision to make. It's his decision to make all of those things. I do get it, though. I mean, you're paying a pretty good piece of change. Without fans, there's no game. And I know without players, there's no game. But without right. fans, there's no game, too. So they do have an investment in it to, to a large degree. But the thing, and I've, I've talked about this with, with, with friends and, and you know sometimes even on Twitter with people. Tyler Eifert comes to mind. Tyler Eifert's yeah. been hurt a lot. And you get the, oh, he's glass. He's fragile. I, you, no. Right. But I think the thing that people don't get is, Literally, how many times that man has been cut on his body mm-hmm. to have something surgically repaired? I've never had surgery in my life. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, right. I, I, a broken finger. I didn't even want a pin in it. For goodness sakes, I just wanted to just let it yeah. let it heal crookedly, and I'm done with it. I'm good. I, so I, I don't think people can really fully compartmentalize what an athlete, especially a football player, especially one with the injury history of Andrew Luck, has gone through. Right, and I think. You know, it's at that stage where you went through it. Yeah. To walk me through that. Well, the, I mean, I know you would have kept playing if you could. You didn't get as right. beat up as Andrew Luck did, but you right. had an injury. Yeah, well, yeah. The, I mean, the injury I had basically was, hey, you can't play football anymore. Right. Uh, so it wasn't my decision as it was Andrew Luck's. But to, to start, the, the fans booing, look, first of all, you know if you're at preseason game number three that late, you're probably still a passionate fan <laughs> going to those preseason <laughs> games. Uh, but here's, here's how I see it. The Colts, to many, are a Super Bowl contender this year. Were. So, yeah. So, if you're a Colts fan and you're going into the preseason, you are – I mean, think of the level of excitement if the Bengals are being talked about of winning 10 oh, or 11 I, I, games. Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole different feel. You know, the Vegas number, I think, went for them from 9.5 nine and and half half to 5.5. Five five half. Half. Yeah, four, yeah, four win differential. Not for Mo Egger. Mo, Mo jumped on real quick and so, got the under. Not, not, to, not, not for an aside. Supposedly, somebody walked into a book on Saturday morning – and made it, asked, what's the largest wager I can make on the under for the Colts? Mm. The book. Back here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard, our producer engineer, doing a great job as always, Zach Waddell. We'll give you some updated scores from around the area here in just a minute. At halftime here at Milford, Princeton leads Milford 7 to nothing. It could be. A bigger lead for Princeton Kyle. They had a 70-yard MJ Horton touchdown run wiped out. They had a big run from Thomas Boyd wiped out. Penalties again the story, and it feels like we're right back where we were last year with the penalty situation. Absolutely tonight. It's been a struggle for sure. 70 yards and penalties to the first half. They're dominating until the yardage tonight. It didn't really feel like it could because of the penalties, but they're up 73 yards right now overall in the game. So it's I'd say it's a pencil battle overall, but as far as that goes, it's uh, <laughs> this penalty is really just killing them tonight. That's when you're given three quarters of a football field trying to. Uh, as far as penalties goes, I mean, it's, that can that can change a game real quick. That's yeah, up. I mean they have as many penalty yards almost as they have total offensive yards for Princeton in the first half. 
They only had three first downs, uh, six for Milford. Princeton with 116 yards total offense on 30 snaps. Milford just 81 on 32 snaps. And really, as we'll get back to the stats here in a second, really defensively, I thought Princeton, other than maybe a player or two, was really dominant. It really started up front with the defensive line. Yeah, they won the battle up front all night long and really putting pressure on Hunter Johnson all night long. He doesn't have much uh, much of a chance to throw tonight. It's just 6-22 so far, so it's the pressure's really hurting him. Rushing-wise, Princeton's run it for 103 yards on 23 attempts. My, or MJ Horton just 2 of 7, passing for 13 yards. Milford, 30 yards rushing in 10 attempts, but 23 of those 30 yards came on one run by Max Ward on a jet sweep. So otherwise, on the other nine carries tonight, Milford has just 7 yards rushing. Passing-wise, Hunter Johnson that first half, last year coming off a great year, 2,618 yards, 26 touchdowns, but he lost literally 148 of the 150 receptions from a year ago, lost <laughs> to graduation. He was only 6 of 22 for 51 yards, was intercepted twice. One of those interceptions in the second quarter by Elijah Eberhardt and about a 27-yard return down to the four-yard line set up the lone scoring drive of the game, two plays, four yards. It was capped off by Darion Henry. That's right, the big defensive lineman who's heading to Ohio State to play football in college. He lined up as a fullback, got a handoff, and he burrowed his way in from two yards out with 3.20 to go in the first half to give Princeton where it stands right now a 7 to nothing lead here at halftime. Let's take a quick look at scores from around the area. Got them right here. We got LaSalle leading Lakota West 17 to nothing. We're assuming most of these are at halftime early third quarter. Coleraine on top of Wayne, 14-7. Turpin with a 21-14 lead over Lakota East. Our other ESP game tonight, the Loveland Tigers against Sycamore. Sycamore leading that one 36-14. Springboro over Mason, 27-0. Hamilton leads West Claremont, 21-0. St. Xavier over Brownsburg, Indiana right now, 13-10. That Brownsburg team, I believe, ranks second in Class 6A in uh, the state of Indiana. They're a very good team, so St. X with the lead there. Middletown, 49-0 leaders over Western Hills. Fairfield with a 26-0 lead over Centerfield. Centerville. rather. I'm guessing a, a big first half for Juton McLean of Fairfield. Uh, fine running back there, and East Central leads Oak Hill 7-0. Of course, tomorrow uh, tomorrow night on ESP Media, Indianapolis Cathedral will play Moeller uh, tomorrow, and you can hear that game right here on ESP Media. We will take a timeout, come back. We'll look ahead to the second half of play, where Princeton looking to start 1-0 in 2019. They started 1-0 in 2018, only to have that win wiped out by a forfeit. They're looking to go back-to-back -back years with this win over Milford. We'll be back. Second half is straight ahead. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football on ESP Media. Looking for future leaders we can believe in? Look no further than the high school student athletes right here in Ohio. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It includes learning to listen, accepting responsibility, being a good role model, and it's about respect. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Back here at Eagle Stadium at Milford High School, Richard Skinner and Kyle Howard. Princeton just comes out of the locker room onto the field, getting set to warm up to start the second half. Off to our right, Milford still has not come out of their locker room yet. We're still a handful of minutes away from the second half kicking off. It was a warm and humid late afternoon day that led to some storms in the area, and one that blew through here has really cooled things off. It's actually become quite a pleasant night 
usually cow this time of year we get those warm humid nights and if the rain doesn't come and the humidity stays we start to see cramping in the second half hopefully the way it's cooled down we won't see that it always seems like first half guys are fine and it's really early in the second half and some of it is you got these long long half times I just don't think guys get warmed up enough and, and if we start seeing these cramps in the second half you'll know why yeah it's pretty common this time of year to have that Less common, obviously, because it's cooler often in the season. But it is, as you mentioned, it's a cooler night tonight, so we might not have that tonight. But uh, it's been a relatively quick game overall, too. Yeah. So maybe that may have an impact of not having those tonight. But I guess we'll have to see. All right, if you're if you're Mike Daniel, what, what was your message at halftime? Because again, you you really did your defense really dominated that first half of play. But it's a one score football game still. What do you tell them? Uh, got to work on your blocking. Uh, that's, that's been a big. Uh, Losing the battle at the scrim last scrimmage a lot of times. And there's a bigger gotta, team. Well, the most important thing to address was the penalties. So that's, yeah. those are, even if you take away the, the blocking issues, they've had points up on the board tonight because they weren't. Uh, they had penalties to take them back. So taking back first downs, taking away points. It's, uh, it's it's been a whirlwind for them tonight in that department. So that's something you got to address first. I think. Uh, obviously, uh, defense keep doing what you're doing. Uh, forced a couple turnovers tonight. Uh, obviously, forced points from that from one of those turnovers tonight. So. Uh, they're not doing anything wrong defensively. They've got to keep, keep the beat going that way. Yeah, they really rattled Hunter Johnson in that first half. I'm watching him warm up now. He's throwing more overhand than, than really the first half. He threw a lot of sidearm balls in that first half of play. I think some of it was guys are in his face. He's just trying to find a, a passing lane to get it through. He never could get himself in a very good rhythm whatsoever. They really took him off his mark. It is, and to, to be able to do that against a team that obviously they've lost some players this year, but a team that's coming off an emotional high last year, winning their first playoff game ever last year, uh, it's pretty impressive to come in here in that kind of environment and do that tonight. And for Tom Grippa, he tried a couple of different things in that first half to keep that Princeton line from getting out. He put a couple of extra offensive linemen in the game. He put one of them in there as a, as a fullback, tried to run the ball a little bit out of that. That didn't work. Obviously, his quarterback doesn't have a lot of time to throw. They've dropped a couple of balls on him. They've got a bunch of new receivers. They had a, a great gain late in the first half that would have at least maybe set up a, a field goal opportunity at the very least, wiped out by a penalty. He's a great offensive coach, and he's guessing here at halftime he's trying to do something on the fly because they want to run that spread offense with four receivers and one running back, and when you can't block up front with the five against their four or five, that makes it very, very difficult, and he tried to change it up a couple times, and that didn't work. So um, probably back to the drawing board there at halftime for Tom Grippa and his group. Kind of wonder if maybe they'll start incorporating some more screens here to try to beat off the rush they've had tonight. In that first half individually, we gave you some team stats, but individually in the first half for Princeton, MJ Horton carried it eight times for 49 yards. He did have a 70-yard touchdown run that was cut down to a 25-yarder, so he could have even he could really had a 100-yard first half running the football without that penalty taking it away. Um, also for Princeton, D'Angelo Foster carried three times for 18 yards, James Price six for 16, and Thomas Boyd, who got hurt late in that first half. We'll have to see what his status is because he hobbled off and actually collapsed on the bench area with a look like a leg injury, got rolled up on. He carried three times for 10 yards. As I mentioned earlier, Horton was 2 of 7, passing for 13 yards. For Milford, rushing-wise, Max Ward carried it just that one time on the jet sweep for 23 yards. Daniel McCoy carried three times late in the half for 14 yards. Caleb Johns five times for nine yards in that first half of play. Receiving-wise, for Princeton, James Price had one for 13. Certainly Burkhalter one for zero. Leading receivers for Milford, Peyton Bauer had three catches for 32 yards, made a couple of nice catches for first downs. Vince Ringland, who had that long catch up the sideline late in the first half, wiped out by a penalty, had two catches for 10 yards. And Dallas Adams, one catch for nine yards. Defensively, we mentioned his name so many times in that first half, and it shows up on the stat sheet. Cameron Hemmert, nine total tackles, four solos, five assists. And Max Ward, who, again, just 5'6", 135 pounds, loves to stick his nose in there. He had six tackles total, four of those 
of the solo variety. Uh, uh, excuse me, Princeton led by both Kevin Suttles and John Harris with four apiece. They were pretty well balanced uh, defensively because it was from everywhere that they were getting tackles in that first half of play. So both teams heading to their sidelines. Princeton will get the football to start the second half with a 7-0 lead. Try to get something consistent going on offense. Neither team able to generate anything really of consistency. Again, Princeton did have a couple of long runs wiped out by penalty, but from a consistency standpoint, really got nothing going to generate drives. That's why they only have three first downs in the football game to this point. Oh, and they've had a couple more that have just been negated right. by penalties, so it's and, and points left on the board, so something got to fix your mistakes. So both teams huddled around their respective coaches. Break the huddle here in just a moment. We'll kick off for the first time tonight. Again, Princeton deferred after winning the toss to start the game, and then we'll get the ball to start the second half. Not sure what the holdup is here. Both we should be ready to go. Clock's been set for quite a while. And now Milford's kickoff team trots out. Princeton will be going right to left to start this third quarter as you look at your tablet, computer, however you're listening to this game on from ESP Media. As dropping back for Princeton, D'Angelo Foster to the near side, Leroy Bowers to the far side. And Vince Ringland, who we saw as a receiver in that first half, he'll do the kickoff duties. We're about set for second half action. Official blows a play in and we're ready to go. It's the Milford student section you can hear trying to get their team riled up. Ringland moves on the football. Gets away a line drive kick that Bowers is going to field back at the seven yard line. Straight ahead across the 10, 15, 20, across the 25. Breaks a tackle to the 30. Breaks another tackle up across the 35 and gets all the way to the 37 yard line. Nice return by Leroy Bowers as he broke a couple of tackles along the way. There to make the stop for Milford was Jack Muthig. So Princeton with pretty good field position thanks to the near 30-yard kickoff return. We'll start at their own 38-yard line. Make it the 39s with a mark. No, make it the 38. High school officials, they're not quick to quick to make that mark. You gotta you get in the guessing game sometimes. So my MJ Horton. Back in there at quarterback in the shotgun. He's been there other than a couple of snaps around the goal line under center. He's been in the gun tonight. He's got James Price off to his left. One receiver each way and a wing back to the right. Handoff goes to Price running right. Runs across the 40, 45, breaks a tackle. Still on the move across the 50 and finally wrestled down at the 49-yard line of Milford. As Caleb Johns finally got him to the ground, but not before he rips off about a 13-yard run to James Price. Really the best, other than the Horton run, the best run of the night for Princeton. First down at the Eagle 49. Early stages, just a handful of seconds into the second half with Princeton up seven to nothing. This game was delayed about 15 minutes at the start. As storms kind of push back the warm up time. Those storms gone, it's a quite a comfortable night. Off the hash mark to the right. Here's the snap back, Court takes it, fakes it, runs left. Sutter steps inside the 50, inside the 45, lowered his head, got it down to about the 43 yard line. Caleb Johns. They're on the tackle with help from Lucas Bowling, the linebacker, but not for MJ Horton. Got a nice gainer of about six down to the 43 on first down. So a couple of good runs to start the half. Making a second and manageable to be a goal a long way, not having these third and sixes, third and sevens. Caleb Crawford wide left. Sterling Burkholder wide right. That's the short side of the field. 
Horton out of the gun, hands it off to Price, running straight ahead inside the 40, lowers his head, takes it down to the 35, and maybe got down to the 34-yard line. Max Ward, Cameron Hemmert, and Caleb Johns all in the tackle, but not before James Price rips off another nice gainer. So a 13-yard run, a six-yard run, now about a seven or eight-yard run by Price as Princeton with a first down just inside the Milford 40-yard line. Again, receivers left and right. Price to the left of Horton out of the shotgun. They operate on the hash mark to the right. Four-man front for Milford, but the four linebackers behind are very tight. Here's Horton, takes it, fakes it. He's going to run left, comes across the line of scrimmage, cuts outside 25, down to the 20, foot race, they won't get him. Five, touchdown, MJ Horton, but guess what? There's another flag. And this may be the second touchdown run for MJ Horton tonight that's going to be wiped out by a penalty. Comes the call from the official, the referee, again, Ken Harbison. Holding 94 offense. So, holding penalty wipes it out. Todd Harding gets caught for the hold. He's in there at tight end. So another, that was on the backside of that play too. The, the one that wiped out the long touchdown run, and I'm not doubting their penalties, they're just, you don't need them. The long touchdown no. run came from well behind the play. That one comes on the backside of the play. Horton. Literally went in untouched. Didn't need to do anything on the backside of that play. So that wipes out the second long touchdown run for MJ Horton tonight. Instead of it being 13 to nothing or maybe even 20 to nothing, it stays 7 to nothing in Princeton with a first and 20 now. Actually, no, they'll mark it, uh, the penalty from the spot of the foul, which is the 29. So first and about 15, excuse me, from the 39-yard line. Receivers left and right. Foster lines up on a wing right. Horton takes it, throws a quick pass. Here's the hook and lateral play. They throw it back to Foster up the sideline. Did he step out of bounds? No signal, let's see, they're gonna call it a touchdown. That was the play they ran about three times last year where they flip it back to Trey Key off of a short catch. And this time they flip it back to D'Angelo Foster. Burt Coulter caught it. The hook and lateral play worked. It's a play that they use, we saw a handful of times last year. So it's on film. I'll tell you, Foster barely stayed inside the boundary because he tiptoed his way up that right sideline but turned on the Jets and was gone in Princeton. Despite having a touchdown wiped out by penalty, gets the hook and lateral play and gets the touchdown to go up 13 to nothing less than two minutes into the second half. In for the second PAT try, Michael Everson, senior kicker, puts it on the way and puts it through and good. We played a little less than two minutes of the second half. Princeton on its first drive of the half. Puts together its best drive of the game. And the score now, it's Princeton 14, mil for nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media. Loveland Chiropractic Office has been treating patients in the Loveland area since 1921. We have generations of experience that continue to lead the field in chiropractic care. With our experience, we have high level of success with acute injuries as well as chronic conditions. You can find us online at lovelandchiro.com. That's lovelandchiro.com. And on Facebook. So the Princeton Vikings now with a two-touchdown lead to work with, where the defense has played well all night. We'll see what adjustments Tom Grippen made at halftime for his Milford Eagles. As Princeton on the first drive of the second half gets the touchdown on the hook and ladder play to Sterling Burkhalter, then the flip back to D'Angelo Foster for the touchdown. It'll 
be teeing it up again to kick it off. Hayden Cobbs. Back deep to the far side, Max Ward. Jackson Stickle to the near side. on the football, gets away a decent end over end kick that's gonna be fielded at the seven in the middle of the field by Stickle, runs straight in across the 15, sidesteps one man at the 20, in the clear 25, 30, it's a foot race! He may be gone, but there's a penalty flag at the back of the play, now they're gonna catch him down at the 29 yard line, but I think this is coming back, there's a penalty marker back at the 27. There to run him down was Sterling Burkhalter, but that nice return is gonna be wiped out by another penalty, that will be Penalty number four on Milford for the night. Princeton's going to call Cameron Zoromsky for the hold. So that wipes out a nice return down inside the 30-yard line of Princeton. Instead of having it there, following the mark off, they're going to start at about their own 17. And it feels like where these penalties have come from, it, it's really, it, you're part of the play, Kyle, but it's not an area where the play really evolved. Not needed, and that untimely times throughout the game as well. It's For both teams, yeah. I mean, that got, got some momentum back for Milford. Great field position, chance to answer quickly, and instead, when they haven't generated much offense, they gotta go a long field here as they mark it back. Yeah, they'll mark it back to the 17-yard line. This is where Milford will start its first possession in the second half. And that Princeton defensive front has just been in that backfield all night long. Two receivers left, one right. They do line up an offset fullback to the, near the left tackle. Hunter Johnson, and now the right tackle moved. Unless somebody from Princeton came earlier than that, it looked like the right tackle or right guard, Mark Gibson, they got an offset offensive line. Nope, they did encroach. So Princeton with another pre-snap penalty. So they did go early. What Hunter Johnson does and what a lot of shotgun quarterbacks do, they'll clap their hands and then there'll be a silent count after that. And he's got them off balance with that first clap. Not sure what one of the side judges is pointing at but I guess we're all good to go now so five yard mark off first and five Milford at the 20 oh they marked it too far up marked it at 23 so that would have been a six yard penalty instead they mark it now at the 22 out of the shotgun Johnson claps once now gets the snap turns hands it to Caleb Johns running right has a nice hole across the 30 35 40 now it's a foot race up the sideline 50 they got the angle on him down at the 35 down to the 25 and finally spilled down there was Caleb Johns as he just took it off the right end. Nobody was home. Jaden Scarborough able to run him down with help from Leroy Bowers. Nice job, Caleb. He'll go all the way down to the 22 yard line, a 56 yard run for Caleb Johns. So first down, Milford at the 22. Shotgun set, two receivers each way. Johnson takes the snap, drops the throw, getting some pressure, heaves it down in the far left corner of the end zone, incomplete. Dallas Adams went up to try to high point it. Scarborough had some pretty good coverage, but really when all was said and done, Adams had a good chance to come down with that football, but just couldn't quite hang on and it goes incomplete. Second and 10, Milford at the Princeton 22, 9.40 to go third quarter, Princeton leading 14-0. Off the hash mark to the right, one receiver ringling that way. Two receivers go out left, they have a wing back left. Johns to the left of Johnson, the shotgun, claps his hands, takes the snap, hands it off to Johns, running straight ahead, has running room inside the 15, takes a tackler down to the 13, and maybe the 12, and that's gonna be enough for a first down in all likelihood. 
Christian Kilgus Dixon was the man who went for a ride. They've popped a couple of nice runs right up the gut. They're going to take the nose tackle out. Princeton is. They're going to change it up as Joshua Younger goes out, the sophomore. Apparently that's where they're running the football right now. That will be enough for a first down, down to the 12. So first and 10, Milford trying to answer the Princeton touchdown to start the half. Caleb Johns just 11 yards for the first half. Looked off too long with a 56-yarder and now a 10-yarder here in the second half. Snap back, handoff, and this time he is going to be dropped for a loss as coming clean off the edge was, I believe, Braylon Anderson in there for the first time. No, excuse me, I had the wrong number. That'll be Jason Randall, who's played tonight and made a nice play coming off the edge. Nobody blocked him, loss of two back to the 14. Second and 12, Princeton, or rather Milford can get a first down without scoring. Three receivers go out wide left, operate just inside the hash mark to the right. Johnson has Johns to his right out of the gun. Looks at a four-man front, now a five-man front. Takes the snap, wants to throw, sets his feet, now getting pressured, in some trouble, throws it away, no, throws it, it's caught by Johns down at the seven, and he's tackled at the five-yard line. He just threw that one up for grabs, and Johns was able to cut in front of a player to make the catch. He's finally tackled by John Harris at the five-yard line. Now mark it, make it, actually mark it at the four. That was, was, was going to be a sack, then it was a dangerous throw by Johnson, but Johns, who's had a great drive, made a great catch in traffic. So it'll be third and two at the four at the four yard line. Oberschlake comes in as the fullback, big number 72. Here's the snap back. Here's the handoff. John's running right, runs over one man, and he's going to be stopped just short of the end zone, but he's going to get the first down. As he took it right to the goal line's doorstep. Doesn't get the touchdown, but does get the first down. It'll be first and goal Milford just inside the one. This has been a great drive for Caleb Johns. Very effective on the ground this entire drive. Had that big catch a moment ago. So first and goal, Milford, just inside the one-yard line. Everybody in tight defensively other than the two wide receivers being covered by the corners. Here's a handoff, and it's going to be a loss. The ball's loose, and it's picked up by Princeton at the goal line, and the Vikings are going to get it on a touchback. It was Jaheim Thomas coming off the edge that caused the fumble, and Leroy Bowers recovered it in the end zone. And so Milford just inches away from getting back within one score in this football game, turns it over at the goal line. Jaheim Thomas came clean off the left-hand side and poked it away. I'm not sure really John, what Johns could do. I, I, he really almost had no chance to set the football in his arms when Thomas came and punched it out of there. So Prince yeah, will get it to 20. Every direction there's swarming that play. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be go. a loss of a couple at the very least. That's a worst-case scenario, though, for Milford. They put together a nice drive, so if you're Tom Grippa, at least you found something on that drive. Problem is you didn't get any points out of it, and you turned it back over. First down, Princeton at its own 20 now. In the shotgun, Horton takes the snap, hands it off to Price, running right, gets a little bit across the 20, fights hard up to the 23-yard line. Joey Cutting in there at the nose tackle spot made the tackle. They'll give him four, actually, up to the 24. Clock rolling as we approach seven minutes to go third quarter. That's a big turn of events right there. About to be a one-score game, and it stays a two-touchdown Princeton lead with the football. Second and six at its own 24. Receivers left and right. They have a wing back offset to the right. Price to the left of Horton out of the shotgun. Looks at a five-man front. Takes the snap. 
Fakes it, gonna run left, trying to pick up a blocker, does so, across the 30, cuts back outside, dives forward to the 34-yard line. Max Ward able to submarine him and take his feet out from under him, but not before MJ Horton rolls for 10 yards and a Princeton first down. They made this pretty simple. It's just kind of a, a read game one way and Price running up the gut the other way. Not a lot fancy going on now. Princeton with a first down at the 34. Again, receivers go each way. They got a wing back off to the right. Price to the left of Horton. Trying to cheat those linebackers up. Horton takes it, fakes it, wants to throw it, wants to throw it deep down the right side. He's got a receiver out there, Burkholzer. He makes a great adjustment, then can't hang on. The ball was well underthrown. Burkholzer went up to try to high point it, and Chase Hodge was able to poke it away incomplete. Nice job by everybody involved other than the pass. The pass was well underthrown because Burkholzer had gotten a couple of steps. And Burkholzer doing a nice job to adjust and come back to it. And Hodge doing a nice job to reach a hand in there and poke it away. So they tried to hit the home run after some runs were successful off play action and the pass had been out there, that probably would have been a touchdown. So second and 10, Princeton from its own 34. Receivers left and right. The wing back in there, by the way, Jamar Matthews offset to the right. Here's Horton just gonna take it on a straight run to the left and he's not gonna get much as Ward just, Ian Hemmert, Hemmert came high, Ward came low and they stopped him after a gain of a couple. I just can't emphasize enough how impressive Max Ward is at 5'6", 135 pounds. <laughs> and he's talking back to the Princeton players. He's got sticking his nose in there making tackles. He's pretty fearless. You talk about fearless. That's it right there. Yeah, he's about 6'6", six, six on, on the inside. That's, yeah, no that's what you want. Get the guy on my team any day. Absolutely. Third and seven now, Princeton, after the three-yard gain. Two receivers right, one to the left. Price to the right of Jordan, or... Horton in the shotgun, takes the snap, fakes it, rolling right to throw. He's got a really deep drop, now he slings it back towards the middle, that's a dangerous pass and it goes incomplete. He tried to hit his tight end coming across, Tamir Matthews, and it wasn't even close. That's a, that's a he, he drops back as he's rolling, it makes it a very difficult throw to make. And the accuracy issues continue for MJ Horton, he's been impressive running the ball, but he's really struggled to be accurate throwing the ball tonight. Princeton's gonna have to punt it away, and this has been an adventure. They've Hilbert's come close to blocking one and got very close to blocking another. Ward hobbling a little bit as he goes back in single safety to receive this punt. They've had twin safeties at times, but because they've come so close to blocking punts, they're bringing that other return man up to try to go after it. Rutherford back there stands at his 22 to await the snap. Princeton's down a man who comes running onto the field. Not sure he's supposed to line up. He actually went in motion, and now Rutherford in trouble. They're in the backfield. Rutherford gonna keep it and run it. Now he's got some running room across the 35, 40, and he lunges, and I don't think he got the first down. Depends on the spot. He had to get to the 44, and they tackled him at about the 43. It depends on where they spot this football. Yeah, I think they're gonna spot it short. Yeah, it's a good yard short where they spot the football. Big break here for Milford now. Another mistake here on special teams. I mean, the, the snap is just so floaty and so soft that really Rutherford has no, he caught, the, he caught the snap and had two guys in his face. The only thing he could do is once he got away from that first wave, maybe Cal, I think he could still punt it and he chose to go ahead and take off and run. Almost got the first down. Well, it's the second time it's happened tonight as well. Or had an opportunity earlier in the game to do the same thing and just elected to run the ball as well, so. So following the turnover on downs, Go for great field position at the Princeton 43 with 5.19 to go in the third. Princeton does lead it 14-0. And on the last drive, Caleb Johns, other than fumbling in the end zone, was spectacular. Ripped off a 56-yard run, a couple other good runs, made a huge catch in traffic. 
And then unfortunately for him, and Milford fumbled it away at the goal line. He's to the right of Johnson in the shotgun. Johnson takes the snap, gonna hand it off to Johns, running straight ahead, has a nice hole, spins away from one tackle, and takes it all the way down to the 35-yard line. They have found something between the guard spots, either the left guard or right guard, and Caleb Johns getting some running room now. Gain of eight down to the 35-yard line. Defense might want be winning down a little bit here. They've been on the field a lot of the game today. And they've been trying to sub out and give some guys rest, but maybe you're right. Here's a handoff. Johns runs straight ahead, and he gets the first down as he's slung to the turf down at about the 31-yard line. John Harris just took him and flipped him down. And now Harris is hurt, and now he just goes down to the turf at the 30. He might have cramped up after that tackle. And Harris is laying literally down on the where the 30 yard where it says the zero in the 30-yard line. And he's pointing to his left calf, and I'm gonna guess. We talked about it at halftime. Here come the second half cramps early in the season. So we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. 4.42 to go here in the third quarter. Milford has the football and driving, but it's Princeton 14, Milford nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football on ESP Media. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com radio for more information. Back here at Eagle Stadium in Milford, the injured player again was the man who made that last tackle, John Harris. It looked like it was just a cramp to his left calf. And you know, you always say that just a cramp, they do not feel good. So No, they do not. But a good part is those they do go away. So it'll be first and ten for Milford at the 30-yard line. Hunter Johnson takes the shotgun snap, drops the throw, now flushed out, now just slings one towards the middle of the field. That's trouble, and it's tipped and almost intercepted and then almost caught. Jaden Scarborough came cutting across, and now we got a penalty. I think we're going to get a penalty against Princeton. I think it's going to be a personal foul after the play was over. And Jaden Scarborough, who tried to get the interception, is hurt. Kevin Suttles, I believe, going to get called for a personal foul. It looks like he shoved the player down. Now we got Vince Ringland cramping up for Milford, so all kinds of activity after that play. Yep, it is going to be Suttles for the unsportsmanlike conduct. You can see it. he shoved. The receiver down. Scarborough almost picked it off. Then Suttles almost picked it off. Then the receiver almost caught it. it. Wound up going incomplete. And for a play that goes down simply in the stats is an incomplete pass. We got one player called for a penalty that just got yanked. Another player for Princeton being worked on, I think, for a cramp. And a player for Milford being worked on for a cramp. Can't quite make out who that is for Princeton on the field. It's I think it's Scarborough. Ringland. It's Scarborough, I believe, who came across and almost intercepted the pass. Spence Ringland down at yep. about the 20-yard line here for Milford. So both, both players for each team being worked on. Suttles actually was not pulled out, but he was given a stern talking to by Mike Daniels. I mean, that should be second and 10 at the 30. Instead, because of the 15-yard mark-off, it's first and 10 down at the 15-yard line. In a game your defense is playing so well, you can't give them, you can't give them yards here. Correct. Scarborough just a hair mistimed his jump on that. That was not a great decision by Hunter Johnson. He just slung that one in the middle of the field. Really, Scarborough had a good chance to pick it off. So you can hear the claps. That is for 
the injured Milford player, Vince Ringland, who gets helped off, and they're still working on Scarborough down at about the two-yard line. Working on his right leg is the area it looks like it's cramp cramping. And there's, once they start, it's hard to get him to stop. They're working on Ringland again as he came over the sideline. He lays on the trainer's bench down along the sideline. Again, it was a humid night initially, humid late afternoon and warm, but that kind of got washed out of here by that rain that came through. It's actually a very comfortable night outside at the moment, but again, early in the season, you see this after that long halftime. Guys come out and try to warm up in about two minutes. They don't get enough of a warm up, and here we are. This is consistent with each season early in the season. You get cramping early in the second half. I get it if it's like fourth quarter. I, I really would. I'd get that. But I think it's that long halftime and not a lot of warm-up time, and here we are. You're probably not hydrating the way you should. So we've had so far in the second half, two Princeton players go off with cramp issues, and now one Milford player off with the same. He's still down. Yeah, they... they Supposed to be a bad one here. Can't get it worked out. He initially it looked like he had his ankle rolled up underneath him, his, his left ankle, but it's the right leg that they're working on, and they're working on the calf area, so I'm assuming a cramp. They're still, yeah, they're still trying to work on it, work it out. The thing is, man, once you start doing it, it's, we saw it was a few times last year, Jose Hairston would start to cramp up, and he'd take off running with the football, and the cramp would get him in mid-run. Mid now they're gonna help Scarborough off the field as he kind of limps with the trainer on each side of him. So after all of that, which was a near interception, a near reception, and then a penalty on Princeton for in sportsmanlike conduct, Milford will have it first and 10 at the Princeton 15. 4.25 to go in the third, Princeton up 14-0. Two receivers right, one to the left, wing back set to the right, John's the running back to the right of Johnson. Gets the handoff, running left up the middle, goes between left guard, he's running with tacklers trying to get at him, he's still dragging him down. It's a rugby scrum down at about the eight yard line and now they finally blow the play dead. Caleb Johns off to a great start in the second half other than the fumble at the goal line. He's got him knocking on the door after a seven yard run. It'll be second and three down at the eight. Caleb Johns, the last two drives been stellar, but near the goal line, fumble the last time here. Doesn't want the same result here, wants to punch it in this time. Johns lines up to the left of Johnson in the gun. Two receivers left, wing back left, one receiver right. Johnson claps his hands, takes the snap, hands it off to Johns, runs it right in the middle and doesn't get much. Got back to the line of scrimmage and might have eked out a half a yard. Robert Rutherford and Younger there to make the stop. Jaheim Thomas also on the help. So we'll call it no, yeah, give him a gain of one down to the seven. We'll call it third and two from there. We'd suppose late here in the third quarter, this would be four down territory if we got to it for Milford. Johns lines up to the left of Johnson. He's got two receivers left, wing back left, one receiver to the right, off the hash mark to the right. Claps his hands, takes the shotgun snap, turns, hands it. Johns running straight ahead, gets very near the first down. Rutherford stopped him, and I think he stopped him just shy of the five-yard line. And I believe he's got to get all the way to the five for the first down. Depending on this mark, I think it's going to be just a hair short fourth and inches, but we'll see where they put the mark at. If they mark it on the five, that's a first down. And now the referee, I think, says, let's measure this thing. And I can't see where they've spotted the football, to be honest with you. Boy, it's, it's almost right touching the five, and I think that's all he's going to have to do. But they will bring the chains on from the near side, so they won't have to go very far because the ball's on that right hash mark. Here comes the chain gang. I'm going to say a chain link short. 
but I've been wrong. It is, looks like it is going to be short. No, he's got to get actually just inside the five now that they put that chain down. So he's about a, about a foot or so short of the first down, and no decision really here for Tom Grippa. They will go for it on fourth and inches. 2.46 to go here in the third. Princeton up 14-0, and this is a huge play. Second time in this third quarter, Milford's been knocking on the door. They fumbled the goal line the last time they had the ball. Now faced with fourth and inches just outside the five. They've got to get just inside the five. They will send one receiver left. Nope, actually the receiver will go to the right. Now they'll have them each way. They brought in some extra beef, a couple really extra linemen in there lined up as tight ends. So they got about seven linemen in there, and the linemen lined up as a fullback. Out of the shotgun, Johnson takes the snap. He's going to keep it himself, and I don't think he's going to get there. He faked the handoff and then kept it himself, and I think they stood him up. There was a whole bunch of people there. Jaheim Thomas, I don't think he got it. It depends, again, on where they put the football down. Now they gave him a pretty good spot, and I think based on that spot, he might have it. He had to get just inside the five-yard line itself. I didn't think he got there or even close to getting there, but they gave him a great spot, and now they'll remeasure it. This is going to be by the slimmest of margins either way. So maybe you have to get the credit card out to see if it's a first down. Stretch the chains, and it is going to be, they haven't put it down yet, just a first down by the tip of the football. And I think they got a generous spot that time. And I thought they stacked him up just shy of the five, and he had to get across the five, and they did mark it there. So by the literal definition of the first down, it is touching the marker. So that'll be a first and goal now for Milford, just inside by a hair of the Princeton five-yard line. I thought Princeton stacked him up short. I, I agree with you, but. So first and goal. Again, they stay with all those linemen, and they got seven offensive linemen, and then Oberschlake in there is a fullback. He's a lineman. He's a defensive lineman. Johnson takes the snap, hands it off on a jet sweep, running right, tackle for a loss. They handed it off to Bauer on a jet sweep, coming to his right, and knifing through to drop him for a loss was Calvin Shaw back at about the 11-yard line. Had a couple of open field tackles in the backfield so far today. Actually, make it the eight yard line. Shot in a good job getting the backfield tonight. Second and goal from the eight. Clock continues to roll with 125 to go in the third. So trying to make a second goal line stand here of this third quarter. One receiver each way. Again, they stay with all those offensive linemen. It's just one receiver to each side, and the rest, other than Johns and Johnson, are offensive linemen or linemen. One's a defensive lineman. And the shotgun. Handoff to Johns running straight ahead. Turns his way close to the five, and he stacked up, grabbing him from behind, and just bear-hugging him was big Todd Harding, 6'2", 300-pound defensive tackle. They will mark it at about the seven for a gain of a yard, so now it'll be third and goal from there. Inside of a minute to go in the third. This drive's taking a while. 14-0 Princeton with the lead. The running has gotten much tougher as the field is condensed. They tend two receivers to the left. Bauer in the slot. They stay again with that power formation here on third and goal. Johnson wants to throw, looking left, looking now, looking middle, slings it towards the middle, knocked down. As getting a hand on it, somebody at the defensive line got a piece of it, and then Leroy Bowers, the safety man, was able to reach a hand out and swat it to the ground incomplete. And it'll be fourth down. Hunter Johnson trying to stretch himself out after that last play. It'll be fourth and goal from the seven. You want to try to get on the board? 
Now they're going to send all the receivers in. So those extra linemen will come out as checking out who checked in Trevor Ng's alignment and Oberschlake, the defensive tackle, who was lined up as a fullback. He comes out, they'll send two receivers in for them. So they'll go back to the spread formation on fourth and goal from the seven. Not sure why the play clock's not running. And now it is. Plenty of time here for Milford. Still 35 seconds on the play clock as they get to the line of scrimmage. Three receivers to the left, two to the right, empty backfield for Hunter Johnson. Fourth and goal for Milford from the Princeton seven yard line. Princeton having a hard time getting matched up and covered. Snap back, Johnson drops the throw. Looks left, now looks back right, fires the end zone incomplete. And now a late penalty flag comes in and I think we're gonna get interference. That was a late flag, it, it, was, it was a close one. They tried to hit Johns and they're gonna get subtles for interfering, but boy, that was a late flag that was thrown. I didn't see the contact, it was off the closer in the corner though, I guess, but. I, I thought it was 50-50 whether the flag should have been thrown, but it was thrown so late. So Settles gets called for the interference in the end zone. Another costly penalty here against yeah, Princeton. That, that, one I'm, that one I'm not so sure of. They've committed some really bad penalties tonight. But that one Settles looked like he had pretty good coverage, and the ball was thrown way wide anyway. He's trying to make a play of the ball, really. So first and goal with the three now following the penalty. So fourth down, they'll come back with that power. Nope, they'll stay with the wide receiver group. Two receivers right, a regular tight end set to the right. Out of the shotgun. Johnson gonna roll right to throw. Find some pressure, now tries to throw it back to the back corner and it's gonna be overthrown. Tried to do a throwback, he rolled right and they tried to sneak the tight end deucing across the formation behind it. But Johnson had to throw that as he was falling backwards. He, he was all the way back at about the 15 yard line when he released it, deucing couldn't get it chase it down. Leor Mowers, you about took him down there. Yeah. He almost didn't get the throw off at all. So it'll be second and goal from the three with 19 seconds to go here in the third. 14-0, Princeton leads it. Three receivers left, one to the right this time. The running back in there is Max Ward to the left of Hunter Johnson. Johnson takes the shotgun snap, hands it off to Ward, running straight ahead, runs into a brick wall. Jaheim Thomas and Robert Rutherford and then late on the scene to help out, Todd Harding wrapped him up for a loss of a couple back to the five. Now they'll spot at the four, so only a loss of one, and that's gonna do it for the third quarter. So Milford's held the football for a long time here late in the third quarter, still has nothing to show for it. When we come back to start quarter number four, they'll have a third and goal from the Princeton four, with Princeton leading at 14 to nothing. This is Princeton Vikings football on ESP Media. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Back here to start quarter number four at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard, our producer, engineer, Zach Waddell, thanks to the Milford snack crew again. Through three quarters, that third quarter rather for Milford, they piled up 98 yards of total offense after having just 81 in the first half. Caleb Johns with 99 yards on the ground after he had just nine in the first half, so he had 90 yards rushing in that third quarter. Princeton now in the game, 14 penalties for 104 yards, and boy, it feels like every one of them has been costly. And this last one was on uh, was on fourth down, so <laughs> that's a huge one. It kept the drive alive, but as we turn, to, turn back to it here, 
Princeton trying to hold him out of the end zone again. It'll be third and goal to start the fourth quarter. Vikings up 14-0. Third and goal for Milford at the four. They operate on the hash mark to the right. Milford going right to left in this fourth quarter. They send two receivers each way. Both the closed and open side of the field. Ward to the left of Hunter Johnson in the shotgun. Takes the snap, looks left to throw. Now looks back right, throws a little bubble. Inside, it's caught, it's gonna be a touchdown. Slicing in to catch it was Bryson Chambers. As they ran a little pick play on the outside, he came back under the inside of it, and Milford's on the scoreboard. And we're back with a football game again. It's a nice slip screen there. That's what we talked about earlier on, that maybe they would, to counteract the blitz they've been having tonight and, and all the rush they've had, maybe they would try a screen in there, and it works this time. Well, they go with the swinging gate formation, just a snapper, one person to the right, Johnson the holder and the kicker, and now they're going to go run and line up. So... Here comes the extra point try by Peyton Bauer with Johnson to hold it. It's a good snap back. The hold is down. Bauer's extra point try is up, and it is good. Six seconds into this fourth quarter, we've got ourselves a football game. It's Princeton 14, Milford 7. We're back with more Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 55 years, Miller Valentine has worked in close collaboration with businesses when they are ready to build, renovate, or expand. Choosing Miller Valentine as your construction partner means aligning yourself with passionate experts who recognize the value of a team approach. Having grown from a small general contractor to a nationally recognized construction company, Miller Valentine listens closely to your needs to recommend the best combination of construction techniques to fit your project. For more information about Miller Valentine Group, please visit us at www.mvg.com. Well, back here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard. I'll tell you, Milford has found something offensively after being completely stymied in the first half, just 81 yards. They've been able to run it and run it consistently, except down by the goal line. They were aided by a huge fourth down penalty, but then Hunter Johnson with a moment ago four yard touchdown pass to Bryson Chambers has made it a one score game at 14 to seven. And the penalties have just killed Princeton, most of them self-induced. The last pass. pass interference is the one I would question a little bit, but other than that, it's they've, they've liked out some big plays on their own part. Definitely a questionable call on the pass interference, but it does result in seven points, so. It'll be Bauer to kick off. Back deep, Leroy Bowers to the near side and D'Angelo Foster to the far side. Bauer waiting to move on the football for Milford. Now does so and gets the kick away. It's going to drive Bowers backwards to the 11. Runs up the near side, 15, 20. Tries to cut outside, 25. Sidesteps a man. Gets to the sideline at the 30. And then he's spun out of bounds at the 32-yard line. And a penalty marker comes in at the very end of the play. Is this going to be against Princeton as well? If it is, this would be penalty number 15 of the night on Princeton. It's hard to win games that many penalties It is, game. and, and most of them have been tough ones. I think this one might be going against Milford, and I don't know what this call would be unless... A lot of standing around by the officials. Nope, it is on Princeton. Taj Marshall Talbot gets called for holding. So penalty number 15 of the night for Princeton. 
instead of starting at their own 31. The Vikings will start see where they finally mark it off at. Nobody's marked it yet. Finally, they're marking it now. They'll mark it back at the 21-yard line. So first down, Princeton, leading by seven. Opening moments, fourth quarter. They're going to put Horton under center here. And I believe Boyd back in the game is the deep back. He gets the handoff running straight ahead, downhill across the 25 to the 26-yard line. So Thomas Boyd, who had hobbled out late in the first half, the 6-1, 230-pounder, back in there to maybe run downhill against the defense you hope you've maybe worn down a little bit. But in the third quarter, really, Princeton didn't have a football a whole lot. No, they, they coughed up a fumble there to Milford. That could have resulted in a tie score right now as well. So they had the ball much at all. Receivers left and right. Foster going to line up on a wing left. Boyd deep in the backfield as Horton goes back under center. Turns, hand to Boyd. Running straight ahead. Runs through one tackler, and he's just stopped short of the first down up at the 29-yard line. Max Ward and Hemmert. <laughs> Cameron Hemmert. Hemmert's been in a bunch of tackles tonight. They combine on the stop at the 29, and now a huge third down to try to quell a little momentum. Third and two Princeton at its own 29. It's an important third down for the Princeton office. Very important. Trying to get the momentum back. This time they go with a slot to the right, one receiver to the left. Foster's the slot man, Boyd the deep back. Horton again under center. He's been in shotgun most of the night. Turns, hand. Horton running off the left side. Rumbles across the 30 to the 33. Maybe the 34-yard line. He's got enough for the first down. This is the time we saw Thomas Boyd last year in some games. Just give it to him and keep the sticks moving forward. He's fresh. He's running downhill. They go back under center. They've been in shotgun almost all night. Now Boyd's going to go out after carrying it three straight times. But he got a first down for Princeton to the 34. As Price checks back into the running back, and they'll go back to the shotgun here with Boyd out of the game. Slot right, one receiver left. Price to the right of Horton in the shotgun. Now he sends Foster in motion, bad snap. Horton catches it, looking for some running room. Running left, does a good job to get something positive out of it as he crosses the 35 to the 36 for a gain of two. I don't know if he was gonna fake a jet sweep or hand it on the jet sweep, but he barely caught the snap, so it doesn't really matter. the 36 for a gain of a couple. Inside 10 minutes to go, Princeton up 14-7. Now we got a other player cramping up. Sure do. And is that Horton the quarterback? I believe it is. He's will probably see Dorian Durham here. Yeah. So I think that MJ Horton the one cramping up now and that'll mean Dorian Durham who was the backup last year to Jose Hairston Made a start against Fairfield last year. Yep. So they work on another player cramping. Unfortunately, it's the starting quarterback, E.J. Horton, who on the night coming into the fourth quarter rushed 12 times for 73 yards, but he also had a 70-yard touchdown run wiped out by a penalty and a 36-yard touchdown run wiped out by a penalty. So he'd be well over 100 with a couple touchdowns on the night as he finally gets to his feet. He's going to be helped off. So we'll see how long he is out as they treat the cramp issue. And Princeton will have it second and eight from its own 36 with 9.42 to go. So now see if they get Boyd back in there and let him carry the load for a little bit again. Carried it the first three times of this drive and got a first down out of it. And needed a blow and came out, but we've had a little bit of a time in between, see if they get him back in here. So Dorian Durham, 
And there at quarterback, 6'1", 170 pound senior. Was the primary backup last year, as Kyle said, did start a game against Fairfield. He's got Price into his right, so he'll start out of the shotgun too. They sent Foster in motion, coming right. There's a high snap that he barely catches. Durham looking to run, cuts back to the left-hand side, cuts away from one defender, and gets it back to the line of scrimmage, and that's about all. Nothing he could do there. That snap was a, did a good job just to get a hand on it and bring it in. I think that was going to be a jet sweep that time to Foster. It appeared that way here, and now you got a passing situation. Potentially yeah, how about that for the kid that just came off the bench? Actually, and even though it was limited time last year, he was a 46% passer last year. It's a little bit better than Jose Harrison yeah, yeah. from the pocket last year. Didn't get a ton of playing time. but So third down, we'll call it eight for Princeton from its own 36-yard line. Under nine minutes to go. Vikings up seven. Two receivers left, one to the right, running back to his right. Foster comes back in motion. Here's a fake. Durham drops the throw, wants to throw it deep. He's got Burkholzer wide open down the field, and he's got it down at the 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. On third and eight, Dorian Durham gets 64 yards, and he put it right on the money to Sterling Burkholzer. And now he's cramping up, I believe. But it doesn't matter. He's in the end zone with the football. He got wide open, and I'll tell you, the throw was a beautiful one from Durham. He put it right on the fingertips. On third and eight, Princeton dials up 64 yards and a touchdown, and believe it or not, there is no penalty flag. Not really sure Mofo was expecting him to drop back and throw like that. And throw a dime. It was right on the money. And Burke Coulter is being worked, worked on for cramping after running into the end zone for the touchdown. So just like that, where Milford looked like it might be getting off the field and getting the football back down a score, Princeton goes back up by two scores. It sucked a little life out of the stadium. Still 8.30 to go though, plenty of time. Dorian Durham fresh off the bench on his second snap of the season after MJ Horton had cramped up. Throws a perfect pass on third and eight on a bomb to Sterling Burkhalter for 66 yards and a touchdown. Burkhalter's gotten behind the defense a couple of times tonight. Horton underthrew him badly on a ball back in the third quarter that wound up getting broken up. That one, all he had to do was just reach his arms out and nestle it in for the catch, and he was gone. Looks like it's the right calf area. This will be the fourth different Princeton player to cramp up here in the second half. Actually, they're working on both legs. He got it in both, I think. Wow. That's double pain. And he held on the ball. And he, yeah. I think he did. As soon as he crossed the goal line, it looked like he went down in a heap. It, it got him probably late in the run. One of my favorite press box Flags up here, we use that term loosely. Coins him now Hurricane Dorian for that touchdown pass. I like it, I do like it. Hey, he blew in off that sideline and he blew in right off that sideline and threw it right down the field. So 20 to seven with the extra point pending. They're still working on Burkhalter down in the end zone. Man, he's got it bad. Just a reminder to all students, don't forget ESP Media tomorrow night. Boulder will play its opening game against Indianapolis Cathedral. The game at St. Xavier High School. 
Seven o'clock kickoff. So they'll be on the air probably 10 or 15 minutes beforehand. Now Milford's defensive or I guess extra point defense unit was on the field for a long time. Now they're coming off. Burkhalter still there working on both legs. Still has not gotten to his feet at all. And again, here we are, that first game, the first couple of games of the year, you see this in the second half, guys start dropping like flies with the cramp issue. And now they finally are gonna help him to his feet, but this is gonna be a ginger walk. I mean, he's got it in both legs sure how you can put pressure on anything else. And they're actually gonna kinda try to, got a trainer on each side of him. He's just gingerly walking very slowly off the back of the end zone. After a 64 yard touchdown reception for Dorian Durham. So here comes the extra point try. Of Michael Everson, two for two on the night. They will go with the swinging gate look. Scarborough's the holder. He'll bring everybody else in to try to kick this. Actually, no, Scarborough is not the holder. Dur Durham is the holder. So we got the quarterback as the holder here, too. So now the conventional extra point. Try snap is a good one. The hold is a good one. And the kick by Everson is right down the middle. So Princeton with a huge third down conversion that they convert into a touchdown. With 8.30 to go in the football game, it's now Princeton 21, Milford 7. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 32 years, Nelson & Associates, a family-owned, Ohio-based, full-service real estate company, has specialized in the management and development of affordable housing communities. Choose Nelson & Associates for all of your real estate needs, whether it's sales, development, property management, or consulting. We are an experienced professional team providing quality service. For more information about Nelson & Associates, please visit us on the web at www.nelsonasc.com or call us at 513-961-6011. Back here at Eagle Stadium at Milford High School, 8.30 to go, 21-7, Princeton leads it. I'm Richard Skinner with Kyle Howard, our producer engineer, Zach Waddell, doing a great job as always. So now, See if the Princeton defense can get back into a groove it was in in the first half because Milford's moved the ball very well in the second half after getting virtually nothing in half number one. Just 81 yards and six first downs and a couple of those from penalty. So set to kick it off. It's Cobbs, moves on the football, gets away a very short end over end kick that's gonna bounce at the 15 and it's gonna be bobbled back there by Wrigland and he's gonna be taken down at the 10 yard line. It was not a pretty kick. Actually, that was not Ringling, excuse me. That was back there to receive the kick, Trent Hodge. It was not a pretty kick, and once it hit the turf, it took a weird bounce on him, and he had to gather it in, and they swarmed him under back at the 10-yard line, so it worked out perfectly. Not by design, he just popped a short, short enough kick short of the deep guys and behind the up guys. It's a tough ball to field back yeah, there as well. Yeah, it really well. is. Makes you look like you have bad hands, but it's not an yeah, that to make that Once turn. that thing hits the turf, man, you know it can go, it can go anywhere. He did it. Actually, Hodge did a good job just to kind of secure the football, but once he secured it, he had people breathing down his neck. So Princeton has Milford in a hole back at its own 10 to start this drive and up two touchdowns. 
is Princeton. Looking at a four-man front. Thomas not on the line at the moment. He's off of it. He's been a destroyer in that backfield. Johnson takes the shotgun snap. Hands it off to Johns, running straight ahead. Has some running room across the 10 to the 15. Fumbles the football. It is loose, but I think the whistle blew. I don't think that's going to be a turnover. I, I heard a whistle. I have not seen an official signal yet. He did fumble it, but I think they blew. I thought they might have blown it dead, but maybe not. I've not seen a signal yet from any official as to who gets the football. Still see Princeton celebrating, though. I know they are. Actually, Milford sending its defense on the field, and the five officials are standing around looking at each other. I, I thought I heard a whistle. I did see the football come out, but I thought a whistle was blowing. And I think that's, I, I think Milford's going to get this football back because they were blowing a whistle. And it might have been an inadvertent whistle. Yep, they are. The defense coming back off. Yeah, he fumbled it, but I think the official blew a whistle too inadvertently, and that's going to be a big break for Milford. So the inadvertent whistle gives Milford the football back. It'll be a gain of five. Second and five will be the situation with 8.16 to go. That's a huge break for Milford because Princeton up two touchdowns would have been knocking at the door to put this one away. Well, as it is, it'll be second and five. Milford from its own 15, still backed up deep in its own, own territory. Johns has fumbled now a couple times in this game. Both of them could have been big ones, but that one... Comes back. Out of the shotgun, Hunter Johnson claps his hands, takes the snap, hands it to Johns, and he is buried just as soon as he got the handoff. Robert Rutherford off the left edge. Just took Johns as soon as he got the handoff and slung him to the turf. Nearly wrote the ball out of his hands as well. He grabbed right on the hand when he took him down. Loss of four back to the 11-yard line. Princeton defensive front and the linebackers, when they've sent him on run blitzes, they've done a good job of mixing stuff up when they've sent people. Rutherford that time just came flying through. So third and nine, Milford back at the 11. And they have not had a lot of time to throw tonight. Hunter Johnson in the shotgun, has two or three receivers left, one right. Johns to his right, takes the shotgun snap, drops the throw, quick throw off to the right side, goes high and through the hands of the intended receiver, Bryson Chambers, who caught the touchdown pass on the last drive. And now Milford, you would assume, is going to have to punt from its own end zone with 7.20 to go in the football game as it's fourth down and nine now. And punting has not been a good situation for Milford tonight. They've had problems with some snaps. They've had a problem with the punter almost missing a kick with a drop. That's Hayden Oberschlake who's back in there to punt. He'll be doing it from his own end zone. Leroy Bowers, D'Angelo Foster back for Princeton. Now Bowers, they say, go up. We're going to rush this punt. Gonna bring some guys in there protect them some more because they cannot afford a guff back here. Correct. Even if he gets this punt off, it should be good field position. The punt returner who's back by himself. Now Foster standing at the Milford 40. Oberschlake from his end zone takes the snap, and it's partially blocked, I believe. He got off the side of his foot as it was, and it's going to roll out of bounds at about the 37-yard line. I'm not so sure Elijah Eberhardt didn't get a piece of that. He's got an interception in this game that set up a touchdown, and I think he got a piece of that punt. And Milford's going to, or rather, Princeton's going to get it at the Milford 37, 38-yard line. It did appear like he got deflected in some way. It was a wobbly kick, so he was very close to the ball. They have not spotted officially. I think it's the 38-yard line, so 7-10 to go. Princeton, see if they can put together a clinching drive right here up by two touchdowns, 21-7. And Dorian Durham stays in at quarterback after M.J. Horton had to limp off on the last series with the cramps, and all Durham did was on the second snap he took, throw a 66-yard touchdown to Sterling Burkhalter. 
The first down Princeton from the Milford 37. Out of the shotgun, Price to the left of Durham. Price got the direct snap, and he is in some trouble. Running left, running the outside, gets some room. 40, 35, stiff arms at the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, and nine out of bed. No, stays inbounds at the five, and he's in for the touchdown. Quite a run by James Price, who took the hook and ladder play earlier in the football in the second half for a touchdown. That time he took a direct snap, started running right, had to bounce it out left, and somehow got to the corner and races 38 yards for a Princeton touchdown with 6.55 to go in the football game. It's great footwork by James Price. Because sure he looks like he's going out of bounds about three times, tiptoeing down the sideline, and finally sneaks in near the goal line with the pylon there. Everson three for three on extra point tries. Try to make it four for four with Durham the holder. Had to run a player on late, one of the wing protectors. There's the snap, it's a good one. The hold is down, the kick is on the way, and it is good, four for four tonight. So 6.55 to go in the football game. Princeton is opening up to a three score advantage. It's Princeton 28, Milford seven. You're listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. Back here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard with you after Milford had closed within 14 to seven very early in this fourth quarter. Princeton has used a couple of big plays, a 66 yard touchdown pass from Dorian Durham to Sterling Burkhalter, and just moments ago, a 38 yard touchdown run by James Price to open a lead up to 28 to seven. It'll be Bowers to kick it off again. His last kickoff, or make it Hayden Cobbs, excuse me, to kick it off. His last kickoff bounced on the turf, and that's why Milford had a hard time getting it and got pinned back at the 10-yard line. Cobbs moves on the football, kicks away another high end over and kick. That might be going out of bounds, and it did. It didn't even come close. It went out of bounds at the 25-yard line. That would be a shank job. And now we got a penalty. Oh, we got a penalty on the far side from the ball going out of bounds. That was a late flag that was thrown. That ball had been out of bounds for a while. It'll be the kickoff going out of bounds. Take this, I believe, at the 35-yard line. And that's what they will do. So Milford will start first and 10 at its own 35. And now after getting some success in the run game in this second half, Milford, now they're chasing the clock and really can't afford to do that, and they have just had a hard time protecting Hunter Johnson. And he's in the shotgun right now with a trip set to his right. One receiver to his left, takes the shotgun snap. Quick throw over the middle, and it's going to be scooped in. Did he catch it? No, this ain't complete. Peyton Bauer tried to get his hands underneath it, but just couldn't quite haul it in as it short-hopped him. And that wasn't a great throw as it was a very short one, and one-hopped the receiver. So second and 10 at the 30, 6.51 to go. 
to look at the sideline. He struggled with some accuracy tonight, but a lot of it, a lot of pressure as well. Princeton front has been in his face from the get-go. We'll go with twins to each side. And the running back, Max Ward to the right of Johnson. In the gun, looks at a five-man front. Claps his hands, gets the snap, drops the throw. Pressure coming, sidesteps the throw, throws it intercepted in the right flat. It's gonna be picked off down the right sideline to the 15 of the 10, and Ward hustles over to chop him down as it was intercepted by Leroy Bowers. I love Max Ward. He made a great tackle. And now we got a we got some Wards. Hunter Johnson going at it with one of the Princeton players. After he throws his third interception of the night. The return, there's a late flag on the field. I think it's for the skirmish after the play. The ball marked at the eight-yard line. Not a great decision or throw by Johnson. Bowers with an easy break on the football to pick it off. But I, I tell you, I got to be impressed with Max Ward with the tackle and hustling down again. Yeah, he's about three times the size, it looks like. Yep. Down there. <laughs> Just no, straight for the complete Milford determination, offense. that guy. That's Let's see if this is offsetting or not. It's going to be post-possession, so I'm almost 99.9% .9 sure the interception's going to stand. But then we'll see shoving. what happens after the play because there's some pushing and shoving and yapping going on afterwards. Here comes the call from our official, Ken Harbison. We have multiple fouls on the Dead ball foul, the sportsmanlike, 22 red. Dead ball foul, unsportsmanlike, 22 white. Those penalties offset. Then we have a 20 clock uh, in the back by 24 white. Yeah. Clock in the back, 24 white. That penalty will be assessed from the spot of the foul. 10 yards. Now, so instead of having the ball at the eight-yard line, so the interception will stand. They got offsetting unsportsmanlike conducts against each team. And then a block in the back called against Jaheim Thomas of Princeton after the interception was over. So Princeton will have the ball. I'm not sure they said from the spot of the foul, which I think there's a flag still sitting at about the 17. If that's the, where it was, they'll back this up to the 27. And I think that's what they will do. But it'll be in the Milford, make it the Milford 26 now where they put the football down in Princeton. He's all but put this away with 6.39 to go, up 28-7, and they can put the final one in right here on this drive. So a third interception thrown by Hunter Johnson tonight. Bowers with a good break on that football. And we actually, MJ Horton back in the game after Durham came in to throw the touchdown pass. He gets back in after the cramp. Here's a jet sweep running to the left-hand side, ducking and darting at the 25, and going no further than that was Caleb Crawford. And we have another penalty flag. Why not? This one in the secondary, though, so I'm not really sure if that's going to. I'm guessing that's a hold down the field. Most likely. And Princeton up to 17 or 18 penalties tonight, which they're going to overcome, but this was the story of parts of last season. Holding 77 on the other Holding on big Paris Johnson, the 6'8, 290 pounder. He's, he's struggled tonight. I, I, he's not played well, to be honest with you. He has not, but it's. You can't have this many penalties every night and night out. You're not going to win every game that way. That's yeah. They've caught some breaks tonight that have helped them through, but there's something else to work on, obviously, throughout the year. They're going to have to get their kind of more disciplined, I guess. He's got two holding penalties tonight. Horton from the shotgun now from the 35 of Milford following the penalty. Takes the snap. He wants to throw a pass. Sets his feet. Going to sling it towards the end zone. Deep down the middle of the field. Nobody there. It's going to be intercepted in the end zone. Yeah. 
Max Ward, I believe, no, Megan Jackson Snickelou was there to pick it off in the end zone. MJ Horton with not a great throw. He just kind of threw that one up for grabs. I'm not sure with a three touchdown lead what the point of that was. So as it is, the turnover gives Milford the football back and on the touchback in the end zone, they'll start at their own 20, but still facing an uphill climb with Princeton up 28 to seven. And for the most part, other than other than a couple of drives in the second half or a couple of plays, this defense has played really well tonight. At the half. But really, I'm but Milford over, too, yeah. really have uh, I mean, a couple they, drives Mil here throw it in the game, not so much, but overall in the game, they put pretty well defensively yeah, up front. Yeah, I agree with it's, you. I mean, Princeton really has not sustained much. They've hit a couple of big plays. So Hunter Johnson, who's thrown three picks on the night, stands in the shotgun with two receivers each way, are running back to his right, and looking at a five-man front that's been in his face all night long. Takes the snap, drops the throw, tries to throw it quick, slows it sidearm. It's caught by Ward across the 20 to the 25. He's banged down right at the 25-yard line. As there to knock him down hard was Kevin Suttles. Ward did a nice job to pick up some yardage after the run. Up to the 25. I'll tell you what, Johnson had to throw that around a defender who was in his face, and he just got it around him and underneath him almost. Second and five as they go to the line, hurry up. Three receivers right, one left. Ward to the right of Johnson in the gun. Calling the cadence, claps his hands, takes the snap, fakes a handoff, throws a quick slant, caught up at the 30, 35, and running up to the 40-yard line, Chase Dusing the tight end, who was split out wide. Finally slung to the turf. And Suttles made another tackle, but that's a 15-yard pickup for Milford, and a first down for the Eagles at their own 40. They restarted that pretty quickly after setting it for the first down. Down to 5.30 to go in the game. Princeton right now just showing a three-man front as they're dropping more into coverage. Darren Henry standing up. Now he goes in a three-point stance at the right end spot. Johnson claps his hands, takes the snap, drops the throw. Henry coming quickly. He runs away from him, running right. Still on the move. Still on the move. Now throws it back towards the middle of the field, and it's going to be intercepted by Jaheim Thomas. He just cut in front of the intended receiver and made a terrific catch of the football. It was intended for Bryson Chambers, but Jaheim Thomas now a late flag, and I think Prince is going to get some celebration penalties as a coach came off the bench. That's going to be another Princeton penalty, but that'll be post-possession. Well, they got to knock that stuff off. He can't be having this later on. It's I mean, they played they played too well on defense to do silly stuff like that. That was a great play by Thomas. I mean, he cut in front of the receivers. The ball was coming and made a really athletic play to intercept that football. We've seen him play the run terrifically. We've seen him play or rush the passer. And now we see him in coverage, making an interception, heading to the University of Cincinnati to play. They're getting themselves a good football player because he's done a little bit of everything tonight. Well, they didn't announce the penalties. Unless they just gave a sideline warning. It's very possible. Yeah, so that's all it was, did, yeah, that's all it was was a sideline warning. So here's the snap, Durham back in there, hands it to Price, running up the middle, now cuts it to the right, and he runs very hard down to the 40-yard line. They're trying to strip the football away. Cameron Zoromski finally made the stop, but a gain of five, and now Princeton just playing the clock, up 28-7 to seven with just under five minutes to go in the game. You can use a lot of, I mean, the play clock is a 40-second play clock, so you can use a lot of it. Just you're staring right at a play clock in each end zone. It's at 30 right now. You can let this thing wind down to the last second. 
Durham's going to snap it earlier than that, though. They snapped it with 23 on the play clock. Here's a handoff. Price running left, runs inside the 40. Still moving, cuts outside the 20, 35, 30. Down to the 25, sidesteps another man down to the 20-yard line. James Price has put on some impressive moves here in the second half run of the football. Good way to earn yourself some playing time off the bench there. Two touchdowns, one on the hook and ladder play. And then that touchdown run of 38 yards a couple of possessions ago. He's just 5'7", 152 pounds, but he's run with power, and he's certainly run with shiftiness, which you'd expect at that size. And he's got it down to the Milford 18-yard line with just under four minutes to go. Reminds you a lot of Trey Key last year. Yeah, almost to a tee, no, no, no doubt. It's a nice weapon to have Boyd back in there, the power back to the left of Durham, takes the snap, hands to Boyd, running straight ahead, gets his shoulder pads down, and he runs it inside the 15, down to the 12. Before Hayden Oberschlake finally wrapped him up. I actually marked it down at the 11-yard line, so that's a gain of seven. The thing, though, for Princeton is I'm surprised they're snapping the ball with still 20 seconds on the play clock each time. Good time to maybe rep trying to milk some clock and knowing how to read the play clock. Very interesting the way they handle this clock for sure. Still 25 on the play clock. They're already lined up to snap the football, which is fine, but not just take your time from here. They snap it with 20 on the play clock. It's Durham who's going to keep it on a run to the right side, trying to get to the corner. Does so at the 10. Now he throws a pass on the run. Was he across the line of scrimmage? If he was not, it's a touchdown, but he was. The flag now comes in. Durham with a great job. He got to the corner and then literally jumped up and flipped a pass for Rodney Harris who caught it in the end zone, but the problem was Durham was about a yard or two across the line of scrimmage. It's a nice play design if you're able to pull if it off. Yeah, they kind of have that, that line of scrimmage as a rule, right? <laughs> but that'll be yet another penalty on Princeton on the night. Durham did a great job initially just to get to the corner. Then he turned it. When he turned it, then he decided, all right, I'm going to jump up and throw it. But the problem was just across the line of scrimmage. Showing his wheels and his arm yeah. right. So penalty marks it back to the 16, wipes a touchdown off the board, but that was an easy call to make. He was he was at least a yard, if not two, across the line. And now we're going to get a timeout, I believe, for Princeton. We will with 2.56 to go in the game. We'll take a timeout with them. It's Princeton 28 and Milford 7. This is Princeton Vikings football on ESP Media. For professional staffing, there's only one name you need to know. Robert Half. Robert Half custom matches our candidates to your specific hiring requirements by combining personalized service from local staffing experts with an advanced matching technology based on 70 years of successful placements. For highly skilled accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, or administrative staffing, count on Robert Half. We'll find you productive, engaged employees. Learn more at roberthalf.com radio. Back here at Milford High School, 28-7, the Princeton lead after they took a timeout. They'll have it third, and they got to get to about third, about eight, the 16-yard line, maybe seven. Boyd to the right of Durham, who stands in the shotgun. Receivers each way. Takes the snap, hands it to Boyd, running left. Max Ward tried to get him from behind. He slowed him up enough, and then he is just gang-tackled right at the 15-yard line. Max Ward, who... Literally, Boyd is twice the size of him almost. Boyd goes 230, Ward goes 135. Ward came from the backside, and while he couldn't get him to the ground, just because of Boyd's sheer strength, he slowed him up enough 
They haven't run into a wall at the 15-yard line, so it'll be fourth down now for Princeton from there. They can just let some clock run at this point. And go for it on fourth down, up 28-7. to seven. These two teams next week, Milford will host Dayton Dunbar, and Princeton will host Withrow in the opener at 7 o'clock. And then from that point forward for Princeton, nothing but greater Miami Conference opponents for the final eight weeks. Hopefully we get some better weather this year than last year's Withrow yeah. game. <laughs> game lightninged out at halftime. And a game that Princeton thoroughly dominated, and I would expect the same a week, week from now. Now Princeton takes another timeout with 1.58 to go. We'll keep it here on this one. The good news is for Princeton, you're getting a win. I think the other good news is your defense has looked really, really good for the most part, other than a couple of little spurts here in the second half. Certainly that, that front seven group, and well, I mean, honestly, the whole, whole entire defense, I think has played very, very well. But, but you can't keep doing this with the penalties. Definitely can't do with the penalties. We've been harping on that all night long, but you also have to like that they're able to overcome their adversity right. throughout the night, too. So you on the road. On the road to a team that just won their first playoff game ever last right. year. So it's team that's playing some confidence as well. So it's Now they're going to try a field goal. So instead of going for it, it'll be Michael Pearson, who's 4 for 4 on extra points. It'll be a 32-yard field goal. The good news is it's right in the middle of the field. Dorian Durham will hold. To work on this part of the game. Good snap. The hold is a good one. The kick is a low line drive that is good. It barely stayed above the crossbar. It was hooking a little bit, but it goes through. So Pearson from 32 yards out ups the Princeton lead to 31 7 with a minute 52 to go in the ballgame. So how about that? You may need that down the road. You got a chance to test it here, and it went through and good. You know, this was. Last year, we talked about how this was going to be a big Harbin win, perhaps, for Princeton to start the season. And they ended up having to forfeit it and help Milford make the playoffs. They still, as you mentioned, won that playoff game, beat a Fairfield team that beat Princeton. After being down 35-7 to right. seven in that game. And again, Tom Grippa, one of the best around. I mean, won it everywhere he was. Elder and LaSalle especially. And went to Fairfield for a period of time in between. And since coming to Milford, all he's done in the first two years as coach is taken him to the playoffs twice. So he's getting it done. So he'll figure something out. They figured some stuff out at halftime because that third quarter into the early portion of the fourth quarter, they found something in the run game, Kyle. Then It was 14-7 right. at one point. That's all, all of a sudden you look up and the game kind of got away from them and the pressure they put on Hunter Johnson, he's just had a hard time having time and completing passes tonight. It was 14-7 and also a fumble near the goal line. Right. Could have very easily tied the game at the time, so. So kicking it off once again, Hayden Cobbs. Last couple have not been very good. This is a much better one. Drives it back wards to the six yard line. Runs straight ahead across the 10, 15, 20. Still moving across the 25 and up to the 28 yard line before he's knocked down. Max Ward's had a heck of a night's work on both defense, offense, and the return game. And now we got another Princeton player, I believe, cramping up at the 28 yard line after that tackle, and we do. Not sure who that is. It looks like it might be John Harris who's had a good night from his linebacker safety spot. So he becomes the fifth different Princeton player to suffer from cramps with a minute 44 to go in the game. Again, we'll be back with you again one week from tonight, the home opener for Princeton. Be on the air at about probably 6.50-ish with a 7 o'clock kickoff time start. 
from a new broadcast venue at Princeton. He'll be on the outside on the on the deck. If we can get some weather like this for next week, I think I'll take it. Pretty nice night, though. Player who got up. Actually, let's check the number again. I, yep, it is John Harris. So he comes off after cramping up. And all that's left with a minute 44 to go is finish this one up for the Princeton Vikings. So if we got Hunter Johnson still in there at quarterback. He's been intercepted three times tonight. And had a couple others that were dropped. He's struggled big time, and a lot of it's because pressure's been in his face. Out of the shotgun. Takes the snap, going to hand it off to a running back and nothing doing is Harding. And he fumbled the football, and it's scooped up and running back the other way for Princeton and going into the end zone is Christian Kilgus Dixon. Todd Harding knifed through there and just poked the football away from the running back right as soon as he got the handoff, and Kilgus Dixon races the other way for a touchdown to make it 37-7, and who would have thought to start this fourth quarter? It was a 14-7 game with Princeton facing third and eight in its own territory. And since that point, it's been a Princeton avalanche. So Pearson, who just moments ago made the field goal, will try to make it five for five on extra points tonight. So Christian Kilgus Dixon scooping that fumble up and taking it in the end zone. Go for the player short, I believe. You have to run somebody on very quickly. The problem is he's got to run all the way down the sideline and around <laughs> to get on the playing field, and he does. Got to the end zone. Here's the snap back. Pearson's extra point trial. Actually, that was Cobbs. He's going to get a chance to kick an extra point, and he kicks it through, so Cobbs got a chance to kick one there. And now with a minute 36 to go, 38-7 the Princeton lead, and this was, well, Princeton, I felt, did dominate the fence, so this was not a 38-7 football game. And by no means, and obviously you got to give him credit for playing hard in the fourth quarter, though they did they did capitalize in the fourth quarter. Like they, they wish they would have done the entire game, really, but uh, definitely a better fight Milford game than 38-7 going to score at the end of the day. Even though we don't give a player of the game, really, you, there's a lot of guys on defense you can point to, but really the player of the game to me, Dorian Durham coming off the bench and on the <laughs> second play, even that 66-yard touchdown that kind of put the game away. I was thinking the same thing. I think that's another confidence boost, too, because M.J. Horton, there's no doubt his legs, he is a terrific runner but he does struggle at times with accuracy, but I think now you feel some confidence in Durham that, listen, if we need to throw the football, maybe he's the guy to throw it. Maybe you're on two quarterback set. Maybe. Or not set, but. Yeah, just use them both. Interchangeable. So now after Cobbs kicked that extra point after Pearson had kicked the first four and the field goal, Cobbs had been doing the kickoff duties. Now it'll be Pearson to kick this one off. Pearson moves on the football. Pops a very short kick that's going to have to be fielded by an up back. He drops the football. Picked up, though, by another player and then getting submarined. And I mean, chopped down hard. It was Cameron Hemmerd, who's been so good tonight defensively. Double-digit tackles. And he comes up very gimpy as he got literally cut down after scooping up the bobbled kickoff. I think he's going to be all right as he trots to the sideline. That's just a shame because he's played a great football game. And... Late in a 31-point game, you get cut down like that. Ooh. And we have, believe it or not, I didn't even think about this, because of the last touchdown, we've reached the running clock stage with a 30-plus point lead, so the clock is running. And this is not a running, this did not feel like a running clock game. 
Definitely did not feel the way at all. It was, again, it was 14-7 early in this quarter. Well, here's the thing. The clock's running. Now they stopped it momentarily. The official did. I mean, Princeton needs to be out on the field. I'm not sure what the holdup is unless Princeton took a timeout. They didn't see a signal for one. Milford was out there ready to play. Now Princeton did take a timeout. Maybe this is just a message of nothing silly here to get yourself kicked out of a game. This may yeah, just be no, a message no timeout. No suspensions later yep. on. Or yep. There's a lot of chippiness tonight. Definitely don't want to carry that over next week in Withrow. Yeah, I mean, if you got kicked out of this game at this point, the Withrow game would be one you'd miss, but you'd also miss the first GMC Sycamore game against that. Sycamore, yeah. That'll be a road contest as well. Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're ready for play. 59.2 seconds. Sycamore 50-14, winners of nine as well. So wow, they're rolling. Win. Yeah. That over Loveland. Here's a handoff and running straight ahead with it, I believe, is McCoy who's back in the game, gets it to the 30-yard line. We may only need to run one more snap after that. Actually, no. Make that check. Check it. Another runner back who's in the game for the first time. That's Justin Bell. 20, Justin Bell, the ball carrier. Carried it. Tackle, Got a yard. Princeton's got all subs, it looks like, in there on defense. Javier Richardson made that last tackle, and I think Tom Grippa with the play clock and the game clock basically synced up, says, that's it, we're done. And that's going to be the last play of this football game. So it was a football game for a long period of time. Milford got back within 14-7 on the first few seconds of the fourth quarter, but Princeton scores 24 unanswered points. The big one being a 38-66 yard touchdown pass from Dorian Durham, the backup quarterback who came in for MJ Horton, who was cramping up to Sterling Burkhalter. And then a long touchdown run of 38 yards from James Price. And the Princeton defense did the rest as they go on to win it 38-7. We'll take a timeout, come back and wrap things up from Milford. This is Princeton Vikings football as the Vikings start the season 1-0. 38-7 winners tonight over Milford. This is Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010. Here at Milford High School, Richard Skinner, Kyle Howard, producer, engineer, Zach Waddell. As Princeton goes on to a 38-7 win over Milford. So for Mike Daniels, I think you get a lot out of this. You got the fact to see this defense that we thought was going to be really good, be really good. You got a victory out of it, but the other good part is you got a lot of coachable moments out of this game, Kyle. Absolutely. Uh, discipline. Uh, there were times where there were uh, obviously some chippiness going on. They can certainly address that this week here. Uh, senseless penalties on blocking the back, they can certainly address that. But it's not talking about the negative. It's talking about how great that defense played tonight and how they were able to rally fourth quarter up 14-7. Mentioned the third and eight. That seemed to be the, the that point was the, the rally time. It's kind of turned around the turning point of the game tonight. Take a look at the final stats in this one. Offensively, Princeton with 11 first downs. Milford had 14, so Milford with more first downs in the football game. Total yards, Princeton outgained Milford 364 to 178. Vikings had 248 yards rushing on 42 carries. 
by Jaden Horton was three of 11, passing for only 52 yards. Dorian Durham's lone completion went for 64 yards and a touchdown to Sterling Burkhalter. So 116 yards passing for Milford. They wound up with 93 yards on the ground on 28 attempts. And Hunter Johnson really struggled. 10 of 34, 85 yards, four interceptions coming off of a great year last year when he threw for 2,600 yards and 26 touchdowns. He had neither time nor really receivers to throw to and made a couple of bad decisions throwing the football on top of it. So he throws four interceptions on the night. The big story, though, for Princeton that's got to get cleaned up penalty-wise, 18 penalties for 139 yards. And that doesn't factor in a couple of offsetting jobs. So, I mean, that, that's, that's just a bunch. Yeah, you certainly can't have that moving forward here, and especially when you get a GMC play. It's a tough conference to play in. I tell you, Colerain right now, it's going to be tough to beat Colerain with 18 penalties in the game. No so question. That's uh, not saying anything about that. They obviously overcame that. Congratulations to them. That's something they can certainly circle this week and work on going forward. Individually for Princeton, rushing-wise, James Price carried it 12 times for 107 yards. MJ Horton carried 13 times for 75. Thomas Boyd, 8 for 31. And Robert Rutherford, uh, had to run once uh, in the game for a couple times, actually, for 20 yards uh, for him out of punt formations. For Milford, Caleb Johns led the rushing game with 18 carries for 100 yards, 91 of those in the second half. Max Ward had two rushes for 23 yards. Justin Bell carried once for two, um, and that was that for them. Receiving-wise, Burkhalter led Princeton with three catches for 74 yards. Peyton Bauer led Milford three catches for 32 yards. Scoring the game went like this. Princeton got on the board first, late in the first half on an interception by Elijah Eberhardt, one of two he had in the football game. He took the interception from the 30 down to about the four yard line, and two plays later, Darion Henry lining up as a fullback, carried it in from two yards out. Michael Everson added the first of his extra points on the night, and Princeton took a seven nothing lead. Vikings then early in the second half, got a 29 yard touchdown hook and ladder play from MJ Horton. First off to the, the, the first part of it, the catch went to Sterling Burkhalter, who then lateral to D'Angelo Foster. He went in to score. Everson added the extra point with 10-14 to go in the third quarter. Princeton's lead was 14 to nothing. But Milford put together a couple of good drives in that third quarter. One that ended on a fumble into the end zone at the goal line that Princeton recovered for a touchback. And the other one that finally carried over the fourth quarter that was aided by a fourth down pass interference call in the end zone. It was capped by a four-yard touchdown pass from Hunter Johnson to Bryson Chambers. And with 11.54 to go in this game, it was a 14-7 Princeton lead. But then came the big play. Two plays after MJ Horton went out with a cramps. Dorian Durham came in. His only pass attempt of the game on third down and eight. He connected for 64 yards to Sterling Burkhalter for a touchdown. Everson added the extra point again with 8.30 to go. Princeton's lead went to 21-7. Next time they had the football, one play into it. James Price raced around left end 38 yards for a touchdown to make it 28-7 with 6.55 to go. Everson added a 32-yard field goal with a minute 52 to go. And then on the very next play from scrimmage for Milford, it was Christian Kilgis-Dixon picking up a fumble that was forced by Todd Harding, and he ran it in the end zone for the final tally of 38-7, the final score. Kyle, any final thoughts? Uh, well played defensive battle here. I, I think more, you look at Milford, it doesn't look like that in the scoreboard, but they played a good defensive ball game for a long time in that game. Uh, Princeton, outstanding pass rush all night long. Uh, made it hard on Hunter Johnson all night long, and I think that was a big key tonight and forcing turnovers all night. Um, Obviously got to cut down the penalties, but uh, overall solid win, and I got to be happy with the way coming out of here with the 30-7 victory. No question about it. On the road to start the season off, no doubt about it, with some expectations high. They answered the call and come away with 38-7 winners. We'll be back on the air next Friday night, the home opener at Princeton High School as the Vikings take on the Withrow Tigers. Airtime will be about 6.50-ish, and the kickoff slated for 7 o'clock, and I got to say this time of year, that's weather permitting as always. 
For Kyle Howard and our producer engineer, Zach Waddell, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. You've been listening to Princeton Vikings football from ESP Media, and it's powered by Sidearm Sports.